Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that says to Tommy Tuchel, Willkommen and Bienvenue, welcome. Very there good. you go, Joel yeah, Gray, eat your heart out. Now, courtesy of a fairly easy 2-0 win over Burnley, Tommy T has got off the mark in his second match. The Thomas Tuchel era has officially begun. In spite of sticking with the Jorginho Kovacic midfield double six, Chelsea demonstrated pace and purpose in attack, uh, were defensively solid, won the ball back quickly and had good overall tempo and a positive mentality. Much of this, of course, was due to the welcome recall of Mason Mount to the starting lineup, and his usual dynamism set the tempo for Chelsea. But the somewhat surprising recall of Marcus Alonso from the naughty step led to the very unsurprising excellent display as a left wing-back and trademark worldy left-foot-volleyed goal that put the match beyond Burnley. With the defence solid again, Aspie scoring a screamer and Hudson-Odoi impressing again, there was much to like. The only blemish really being the continuing woeful form of Werner in front of goal and Pulisic not much better. Most of all, Chelsea look like they know what they're doing. It's also true to say that Burnley, with no shots on target, had less ambition than a doleful teenager. But you can only beat what's in front of you. There will be tougher tests ahead, but maybe, just maybe, Tommy T is breathing some life into Chelsea again. Tommy two goals, Chelsea fancast 790. And a lovely, well, it's a lovely warm welcome to everybody. I mean, it's just so nice to actually see Chelsea win again, you know, properly in the Premier League and all of that. Anyway, Mr. Kidd, how are you feeling? Well, after, I'm afraid that after Marcus's goal, I have a bounce in my step that made me realise how much, uh, I mean, once again, I'm, I'm, I'm bolting ahead here, but how much I enjoyed seeing him score a goal like that. What a great goal scorer he is. What joy it gave me. I just sat there basking in the the brilliance of the moment. It was just phenomenal. But yeah, I am very well indeed. Thanks, Jid. It annoys me how happy I am when, when our team win. <laughs> yes, it's indeed, indeed. I know the fickle, fickle thing that it is. Uh, now, there's nothing fickle about... Uh, our next guest, not least because he's sporting a Thin Lizzy t-shirt. He and I both have a love of Thin Lizzy. The ever so wonderful, very knowledgeable, downright and utterly sane Mr. Mark Meehan. Good evening, Chidge. Good evening, everybody in Mixler. Uh, the eternally optimistic Mark is even more eternally optimistic after yesterday's victory. And even though I'm wearing a Thin Lizzy t-shirt, I just feel if you watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire last night, you know you have to say that our new manager could be the hero in the age of none. <laughs> I like that a lot. Excellent. Now, uh, as always, we have a third guest, and I'm really happy to say that it's his debut on the Monday Night Show. He's he's seen the kind of more restrained and sane version on a Friday, where he only had to put in a 20 minute shift, a bit like ZH. We're going to find out if he can do more than 20 minutes. See if he can do two and a half hours. It won't be two and a half hours. I promise. It'll be a shorter show tonight for various reasons. But a very very warm welcome to Sam Incasol from Football London. Evening, guys. Thank you for having me back on for a second time. I'm staggered that you invited me back after my first one, but you passed uh, the audition, yeah. man. You passed. I yeah, did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. No. No. Absolute pleasure to be here. Um, it's not actually nice because it's transfer deadline day, so I've managed to take a little bit of time out of the not very hectic schedule that it is at the moment. But yeah. No. Thanks very much for having me on again. Well, we should. We should. Well, it's lovely to see you, Sam. And you. You are, of course, always welcome back. You were. You were great fun with us the last time. And I have to say. 
Um, people out there won't know this, but uh, Sam is is literally in the middle of um, you know covering the, the transfer deadline day. Although there's not really much to cover, I suspect. But he's he's at work. <laughs> he kind of what's happening with this morning? Chid, chid. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to juggle both, but he's here, which is fantastic of him. So and delightful it is to see him. So there you go. So it's going to be cracking fun tonight, as it always is. Um, Can I just ask: Has there been any transfer news for anybody? Anybody brought, brought anybody interesting? Nope. Is nope. a short. Is a short answer. <laughs> yeah, good. We, you know. Jk. We also have got a couple of players from Arsenal and Watford. That's about most of the news I've seen today. Yeah. <laughs> Transfer deadline day. What transfer deadline day? Right. (laughs) On the show tonight, uh, we applaud Tommy T for getting off the mark. We hail Caesar. We beatify St. Marcus. And we demand that Mount must start. In part two, we ask, has Hudson Odoi found his mojo? Is Jorginho the ultimate flat track bully? We furrow our brow at the work that Werner and Pulisic have to do. And we discuss how Tuchel's 3-4-2-1 has brought some much-needed stability in defence. And in part three, we look ahead to Thursday's huge, huge grudge match against Spurs. Who will Tuchel select? And what system will he use? Will Spurs be there for the taking without Harry Kane? And can Chelsea make a push for the top four? Now, the observant amongst you will realise, where's the fourth part tonight? Where's the emails, they're all saying? We didn't spend all that time committing beautiful prose to computer for you not to read them out who do you think you are chidgy well fear not the fact is so many of you have bloody written in we can't fit them into one show so me and jk are doing some double bubble this week we're going to be well actually jk i think well, i'll do it live as well why not we were up for that aren't we so we'll do a we're going to do a another in off the post which will just be wall-to-wall emails on wednesday night eight o'clock i think JK and I giving ourselves an hour off so we can have something to eat. So yep. um, so there we go. We'll be back with you on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock to do all the emails in and off the post. So there you go. Your efforts will not be in vain. And they are really good this week, JK. Response mainly to the whole Lampard thing. So it's, it's the, it, they deserve a show on their own in many respects. And anyway, uh, don't forget, of course, you can always listen to the show live every Monday at 7 p.m., by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in all the chat by posting on the live chat page. And you can also tweet at Chelsea fancast during the show. Tell us what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea. And, of course, we've got Instagram and Facebook too, all at Chelsea fancast, obviously. Now, we will be back uh, to talk about the football after this short break. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast of me, Stanford Chidge, him, Jonathan Kidd, him up there, Mr. Mark Meehan, and the absolutely wonderful Sam Incasol from London, Chelsea's correspondent on there, of course. Right. We need to discuss the Burnley match. Uh, and I think the first thing we need to do, boys, is really give a big up to Mr. Tommy T. I mean, I don't know if you heard it, but I, I did a really interesting interview with this uh, chap called Ben McFadden on Saturday, um, who was a Borussia... He's actually the head of the Borussia... 
Dortmund uh, fan group in London. So he had a bit of an inside track on... To- I mean, for example, I now know how to pronounce Tommy Tuchel. It's Tuchel. Tommy Tuchel. So there you go. Tuchel. 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 Doesn't have to be said like that. Jawohl. Yeah. Ah, cool. yeah, yeah, they're good, they're good. Anyway, so um, uh, don't get me started on German. I love the German language. We could just we could do the entire Chelsea fancast in German, but we won't. Um, a couple of really interesting quotes I kind of grabbed out from from the ether. I don't know where they're from. I, one, one of these days, I'll actually give the right attribution, but I'm not very good at that. Um, most complete performance I've. I think this might be from Andy Saunders. I don't know. Anyway, most complete performance. I just nicked it off Twitter as I always do. Anyway, most complete performance I've seen from Chelsea in months. Pace and purpose and attack. Defensively solid. Winning the ball back quickly. Good overall tempo and positive mentality. In fact, that was such a good quote. I put it in the intro. Um, great to see. If we can add some clinical finishing in front of goal, then we are a scary team. I mean, that that all aside, and I know we're going to go into this in granular detail over the next hour or so, but. I think JK the most important thing really after the I mean you know I don't think any would have anybody would have held last week's nil nil draw against Wolves against him for the obvious reason he'd only just turned up you know and in a, in a way kind of did the sensible thing and kind of went with what he thought he knew um he changed things around um which we will talk a lot more about in a minute uh but the main thing is you got to get off the mark quickly and he did that a 2-0 win couldn't should have been a lot more but you got to win under his belt quickly and you kind of need that don't you when you've just turned up well, it would have been better if he'd won against Wolves because he won his first 11 for uh, Borussia Dortmund, didn't he? So uh, perhaps he's letting himself down here. Perhaps we should be... Oh, come uh, on, man. He only had a couple of hours, JK. You are unbelievable. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Even even I gave him a free pass on Wednesday. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I love him. I didn't mean it. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, but no, that was great. I, 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 um, I thought we were a bit tentative at the beginning, but I just couldn't get... get I didn't understand what on earth Burnley were doing. Was it was it that we were that good in defence? We were that good at controlling the game that they got didn't have a single shot. For God's sake, what's that? No about? ambition. No ambition. But, but we bigged them up on Friday. We were saying what a decent well, and rightly were. so, Jonathan. They'd, right. they'd, they'd, they'd beaten well. Villa. They'd scored three against Villa, and they never scored more than one goal. Right. They, they beat right. Liverpool. They beat you know they're in a good run of form. Well, was it because we they could, as as was shouted out by their fullback, wasn't it when uh, Dyche said to him get nearer to a doy and he shouted out something like you know you know i can't fucking get rid of it can't get near him <laughs> it was brilliant wasn't it it was brilliant yeah, yeah it was fantastic but it was, it was um there were some really excellent performances you know i my heart absolutely goes out to a doy who has got better and better and better and we were debating on the show uh you know earlier on that he was never fulfilling his potential we were trying to find out reasons. Was it his? He wasn't taking players on, and even Frank said he could have started taking players on more. But he seems to have. Um, we were worried about his injuries. Still, he seems to have come up absolutely um, a huge, a huge notch, a huge degree. And uh, and and I felt quite emotional for him. I really thought, wow, you're getting better and better and better. And it's so it's so great to see somebody come through. He's so young he's, still, too. Remember, he's twenty. Yeah. Twenty. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved it, but yeah, no, I, and then second just, just half, for the record, everybody, JK is now officially going to adopt Hudson and Doy. Yeah, having been slightly cruel about him earlier mm. two years ago, you know, just saying that he was a flat track bully and the only score against pub teams in the Europa League. I actually said that. You remember that? But if, do you remember? Was, those, do you remember those days when you could actually or, adopt a player basically in the program because you could sponsor yeah, their? Yeah, do you remember those yeah, in the program? Sponsor yeah. their match day shirt. Yeah. 
It's like adopt yeah. a player, like adopt a panda for the World World Wildlife Fund, but for Chelsea. Yeah. Or something like that. I'm trying to think. I think the best one was Speedy Cables always sponsored David Speedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, we could have a real game of this, couldn't we? Maybe not oh. tonight, but we could think of the most inappropriate corporate sponsors for each player. You know, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Get, get yeah. your minds racing on. Not for now. Maybe when we're bored in a few weeks' time. Something to do with hair for Marcus Alonso. Vidal Sassoon. Vidal Sassoon. Vidal used to sit down the, the road. No, no, there. no, no. Harmony. <laughs> Harmony hairspray. No, Mr. Harmony never sat anywhere near me, Dad. No, but I mean Harmony hairspray. Remember I mean, that? Because that. the adverts with a flick like that. Yes, Remember the, yes, the flick? flick? This is great yeah. radio, obviously. Anyway, I'll shut great up. Radio, yes. Mark. Well, well uh, done, well done, Mark. Fantastic speed. Fantastic memory for that. That's yeah. absolutely right. Absolutely. Mark, um, I think, you know, JK is absolutely right. It's really great to see JK so positive, actually. Not not that he's not always positive, but it's just lovely to see him happy, I think. But yeah, I think... Marcus got such a wonderful I goal. know, I know, I know. We're going to talk, talk about it in a minute. Don't panic. Um, Mark, will you... Thank you. Mark, um, I think the thing that really struck me most, I, I just think they had a, a lot... Their shape was a lot better, basically. They look... They looked like they knew what they were doing, and they were. And they, the other thing that really caught my eye was that they were really, they were really trying to bang a shot off at every available opportunity. Something we've been moaning about the absence of for a long time. I mean, obviously they were still completely wayward. <laughs> I mean, Kovacic and Mount Mount had a stinker on the shooting fronts, but well, at least they were trying, Mark. But they were. I actually had that written down. I had like Mount's shot and Kovacic shot, and a, a friend of mine we've mentioned on the show before, Danny Ford, he WhatsApped me yesterday and said, never let Kovacic ever take a shot at goal again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. Yes. <laughs> but you're right. They, they were set up better. I think yesterday was very much a step in the right direction. Um, I think picking up on the point of Mr. Tuchel, um, is I think he took the handbrake off. Tuchel. Sorry, Tuchel. Uh, I think he took the handbrake off against Burnley. I, th- I think, as you said on Friday night's show, could not afford to lose the Wolves on the opening game. So probably was a little bit cautious. But I think I think the formation was good. I think the setup was good. Um, we got the ball forward a lot more quicker on Sunday, even. And I know we'll probably talk about him later. Even Jorginho, you know, he was passing forward. Not sideways, not back. He was passing forward and probably had his best game for, for quite some time. Uh, I think picking up with JK said as well... And, He'd do it better in an Irish accent, but I do, I do love, you know, I do love the quote um, from Robbie Brady and what, you know, <laughs> you know, I know where the fuck he is. I just can't stop him. <laughs> I know what, that feeling. What do you want me to do? I think that, that is brilliant. And Liam, Liam had to apologise because I think people didn't get it. He was like, you know, he was being so complimentary to Sean Dice and, you know, he wasn't ridiculing Burnley. You know, he was just reflecting what they said. And the strange thing was, actually, you were chatting to a guy today and it reminded me, um, and this is for older listeners, when we played Bolton in 1978, the fullback for Bolton was a guy called Paul Jones. And I met Paul Jones earlier this season, um, and he's, he's 67 now. Uh, we're just chatting to these guys and said, oh, he used to play for Bolton. And we clocked him when they heard we were Chelsea fans, clocked him straight away, said, oh, you're Paul Jones. You were Mark and Clive Walker that day. And he's going, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Walker comes on, he comes charging down the touchline, those four goals in the last 13 minutes. And Ian Grease is doing his Sean Dice impersonation. And he's shouting at Paul Jones from the bench to Mark Walker, Mark Walker, Mark Walker. And Paul Jones says to Ian Grease, I'm blowing out my arse here, boss. You need to get the fucking sub on. <laughs> Little realising he was so disorientated that actually Bolton had used their one sub 
in the 71st minute at the same time Clive Walker came on. So I immediately thought back when I saw Liam's tweet yesterday, a poor old Paul Jones in, in 1978. Brilliant, brilliant, Mark, brilliant. All right, um, Sam, I mean, you've now had, I don't know, five days, six days to kind of get your head from a journalist's point of view around the arrival of Tuchel. Um, it'd be interesting to hear what, what your initial thoughts are of him as a manager and, and also what happened on... on uh, well, I, can't, don't even want, I don't know what day it is anymore. Was it Saturday or Sunday we played? Sunday, wasn't it? Sunday. Sunday. Yesterday, in fact. Yeah. Um, inter- he's a very interesting man. He's a very engaging man as well. Um, I'm not sure if you would have seen the, the, the videos of the press conferences that he has done um, over the last few days, but very charismatic, um, very engaging. He knows what he's talking about. Um, you can you can tell he's very analytical. He's very um, he's he's lots lots of um, even saw that in the in the pitch some of the training pitches that came out they're using tiny footballs to improve their. Uh, I thought they just got bigger. Well. I just thought the players maybe, got yeah, maybe, bigger. Maybe maybe they had, but um, yes. And um, I think as you rightly say, Wednesday was a bit of a pass because you you, know, you pretty paid it safe and just went for that nil nil. But they were far more aggressive uh, on Sunday, far more attacking. Um, and yeah, it was. It seemed to it seemed to suit the suit the squad of players as well. One thing I did pick up on was the amount of diagonal balls that um, that Chelsea played from left to right. I'm sure we'll speak about Callum Hudson Odoi so in depth at some stage, but he just had the whole freedom of that right hand side, and it was a lot of diagonals from Antonio Rudiger, Marcos Alonso, yeah, yeah. Jorginho as well, playing him into into space and behind because they know that Hudson Odoi is quick enough to get in behind Robbie Brady or Eric Peters, who was back there as well, or to get him running at them. So whatever it was that they'd worked on on the training ground. It was a it was a big success, and um, what I what I take from from Tuchel is that I think if you give him time, not 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 too much time, but I think he will. I think he he's going to get it right with that squad of players that he's got. Hence, it being quite quiet in the January transfer deadline day today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting actually because that's what Ben from uh, Borussia Dortmund was saying is that you know he is the kind of manager that if you if you give him time. That's, I mean, it's a you know a bit like Klopp with Liverpool in a way, you know he kind of devised a style of play, you know that's it's all part of a strategy and and a philosophy and an identity and you know if you give Tuchel time, that's what he will give you. And I mean, we kind of ended up really saying that'll be interesting to see whether, of course, he does get that time because, of course, this is Chelsea. But uh, all in all, I'm impressed with what I see of him so far. Um, Let's move on to the goal, the first goal, because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, Sam might know the answer to this, actually, because I saw something on Twitter that said that somebody had seen them working on that almost exact move in the footage that was released of the training session that we'd had this week. But... It was a brilliant goal. Um, you know, fair's fair. Jorginho passed slightly forwards to Mount. Uh, it was, could, I mean, you know, if, 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 if that had been a rugby pass, it would have been a forward pass, you have to be honest. But Mount took the ball and ran with it, as Mount does, and he, he charged up through the middle, laid it off to uh, Callum on the right, who ran inside and at the defence and took them away from the on-running Aspie. And I thought, I thought Match of the Day covered this beautifully, um, or was it BT? I can't remember now. But both, both did it. Yeah, both. but they actually they kind of like ch- uh, clocked uh, Aspie's run from the penalty area, and he sprinted the entire way, and the timing was just superb, Sam, wasn't it? So, do you think do you think that was a training a training ground goal? I reckon it was, yeah, because I mean, how often would you see? You don't know. Well, obviously, we saw it last season with um, Sheffield United and the overlapping centre backs, but apart from. Um, when Chris Wilder introduced it, you rarely see anything like that 
let alone from uh, Cesar Spilicueta, who's what, 31 is he now? Is he 31? I think so. Um, the, the the speed that he showed was incredible to keep, to get to get up with the play, but um, that the formation allows him to do that. If you've got your two centre backs there, you've got Jorginho sitting, you can have your your third centre half go and make those runs to try and support the right wing back. Even though Hudson Odoi was is almost exclusively playing as a right winger um, on on Sunday, so yeah, I mean it was a it was an excellent goal, and take nothing away from the finish either. Beautiful, well. wasn't it? Putting it into putting putting it right in the postage stamp in there 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 in the top corner. Um, I think it was seventy five yards. I think he sprinted, wasn't it? They said. Yeah. And, and I'm fun, I saw the a, a replica of that in the, uh, the they had a three minute thing on the on the fifth stand of him training, and they seemed to be trying to get the ball down to the other end as quickly as possible with one pass. That was the that was the routine that they were playing. So obviously this is a a similar a pattern that he's very keen on creating uh, it was a wonderful wonderful goal and um something that i'm afraid we weren't seeing under frank at all so mm. well tuchel spoke, spoke a lot oh sorry uh, no no go on, Sam, go on uh, tuchel has spoken in his um two press conferences that i've covered of him so he's so far he's talked about zones he likes to play the game in zones so he's obviously got i imagine it's a defensive zone midfield zone attacking zone i mean that's nothing not out of the ordinary but jonathan's absolutely right as soon as the ball was with Jorginho or with Kovacic. It was immediately look forward and get it in, try and get it in behind um, Burnley's back four or get it to Hudson-Odoi or Alonso so they can then run onto the back four. It was very it was very quick. It was far more sharper and precise than it was against Wolves. Yeah, I mean, I also think that they, you know, that again, the second half, they, they really ramped that up as well. Nice to see. I was just thinking the last, well, he was Swiss, wasn't he? Uh, Christian Gross, maybe he was German. I don't know. Was he German or Swiss? Who knows? Swiss. Was he? Well, it's close, close Spurs, enough. Spurs manager. Close enough. He's German-Swiss. All right, we'll settle for that. I was going to say, the last German that turned up to a London club and talked about zones with the tube ticket was Christian Gross. So, you know, maybe if uh, Tommy Tuchel had said, I have here in my hand, I have an Oyster card. It's a Zone 6 Oyster card, so we can go from Zone 1 to Zone 2 to Zone 3 to Zone 4. To, see? And we can do it quickly. But I, I, I love the fact, by the way, that we we now all know what a double six is, yeah. despite last week not having any so idea. I used to roll in backgammon all the time. Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. That as well, Chich. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's um, it's obviously just the numbers they use, isn't it? So uh, sixes are like well, it's the yeah, it's the shirt numbers, half. isn't it? It's the shirt numbers. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like we... Frank used to talk about his double eights, but now we've got double sixes. I mean, I I I, I think that's bullshit, mate. I mean, in my in my head, yeah, yeah. yeah in my head, a, a six is a central. Bobby Moore, number six, well, number five. He could be a left half. No, num- number five six. and six, they're centre backs. Number four. No, no, it's, no. It's, it's a double it's, four, mate. No, four, four would be a right half. Yeah. yeah, four was a right half. Left was a six half. We're talking, we're talking a, a, a Christmas tree formation, Chid. We're not talking about two centre backs here. It's only one centre half here for the six. Yeah, but come on, Bobby Moore, the greatest yeah, centre back yeah. this country's yeah. ever produced, apart from John Terry, yeah. wore number six. Yeah, well, that was just a, 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 a strange. You know, thing. I'm right. Give it up. No, no, I, I'm not knowing you're right. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, but he played. He played a very different kind of football at centre half. He was always creating stuff, wasn't he? More anyway. Anyway, I, anyway I'm going to write to Thomas Tuchel and say, "Mate, it's it's double yeah. four, mate. All right, it's double four. Sorted out." I, I love the fact that Tuchel was also. I'm sorry. Was um, sounds as if you're having sneezing. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, he was. Ha- he was. Um, seemed to be so up on the stats even by the end of the. Um, um, 
uh, the end of the game. I think he was talking about the number of times they're in the penalty area. And he said he said he just felt that the problem was the precision mm. penalty area, which um, was a, a, an interesting word to be using, wasn't it? And he, similarly, he said that about um, Hudson Odoi. He just said that he's not quite. Um, he similarly said he's, he hasn't. He's not quite precise enough. His precision isn't quite there. Well, you say We're that about work, all of them, really. Couldn't we? Indeed, you're going to work on it. We're going to work on it, which I love. The very fact that he can already see the 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 slight problems some of the players have got that they've had for some time, and they're going to work on it. And yeah. obviously, the one they've really got to work on is is Werner, which we'll get onto in part two. Well, we're I, gonna promise get onto, I promise you. I promise you. We will. I just thought I, you know, I, and you're teased, mate. I know you're teased. Tease Mark, listener. Mark had his hand up. Yeah, the other thing I was going to say about that goal definitely was a team goal and a training ground goal. I don't know what your your views are, guys, but if that had been, say, last season or another season, would Callum Hudson-Odoi maybe have had a shot? You know, yeah, of course he would. Yeah, yeah he would have done. So, have, yeah, again, that's, that's a different thing with Callum Hudson-Odoi. I know we're going to talk about him later. That He laid off that lovely ball right into, you know, Aspel Equator's path, where last season he probably would have had a shot at goal. Yeah, so mm. definitely worked on the training ground. That well, Mark, you had a shot at goal, it would have hit the defender, hit him on the knee, and gone out for a goal kick. Or it, have, it had, or it might have hit Cliff Auger in in Shed Upper. Yeah, there's that. You one know, there well, is yeah. always that 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 chance. Anyway, um, for the record, um, I love this stat. Uh, that's uh, that's Aspilicueta has only scored nine Premier League goals. The last one he scored about a year ago, funnily enough. But he scored them for six different Chelsea managers: Mourinho, Hiddink, Conte, Sarri, Lampard, and Tuchel. So there you go. Now, um, talking of goals, I mean, I mean, we're talking. Well, I mean, it, there were rumours, weren't there, kicking around before kickoff that he was going to pick Alonso. And uh, you know, I'll be honest. There's a lot of love for Marcus Alonso in this in this show, not least because uh, his beautiful hair, which we adore, uh, but also very much because he scores against Spurs with alacrity, and they hate him, which is enough for me to make me love him even more. Um, I thought Tuchel was interesting because he, he kind of said that uh, he'd picked him really because of his height, knowing that Burnley were going to like chuck bombs up at us. But actually, the reality is, is that if you're going to play with wing backs, we all know what an absolute talent Alonso is as a wing back and what an absolute lemon he is as a left back. So, I mean, I don't I, I mean, I don't think it was as much of a shock as people were trying to make out. Also, given that, that Chilwell's. Uh, you know, in a bit of a stinky, stinky form. Um, but Mark, it was a wonderful, what a bloody goal, mate. What a bloody goal. What a fantastic Chest goal. knee volley wallop. Thank you very much. You could watch it so many times. Oh, again. I did. I did, Mark. Slow, slow motion. Yeah. Yeah, not not in a Brian Conley sort of way, I hope. Not in a Brian Conley way. <laughs> 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 people listen to that earlier. <laughs> and not the, not the least of all, I hasten to add. Uh, no, as you say, chested it down onto his knee, then volleyed it in. How many times has Marcus Alonso d- done that? He's got 23 goals for Chelsea. He never scores a bad goal, but that was up there with one, one of his best goals. Absolutely superb goal. And it was interesting because we talked about this on the show many times before. If you play him in a back four, he's completely hopeless. But he is the perfect player to play in a wing-back system. And it'd be interesting now you know, that he clearly has got a clean slate. He's like born again, you know, with the new manager, potential competition for Chilwell. Does that mean maybe Emerson is pushed back into third place now, you know, in terms of the number three show? I hope so. Let's please. Let's I did, I did that. I just please. set you up for that, JK. Yeah, I, thank I, I, you. Please. I, that. But, I can't bear it. Please. Could we not have him appearing ever? Please. <laughs> we might 
We've said that about Jorginho, but oh God, Emerson is so negative. It's constantly passing the bloody ball backwards. Stop, Emerson, stop. Um, uh, I was going to say something about Jorginho. Um, yeah, what I, what I love about Jorginho Can was we, the fact we're that talking he, about Alonso. We're talking about Alonso. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I meant. I'm sorry. I got terribly confused. I do apologise. Your it brain, ended, your brain was fitty paldied by Emerson, mate. It, it was. It ended with O. It got similar. It ended with O. Um, um, in actual fact, he he rarely does any defending when he plays in the uh, in that five. He just constantly he's up the penalty area, and he, he the the dilemma I've got is it. He scores goals that somebody you've paid fifty million pounds for should score. Very fact, he scores phenomenal goals. You're absolutely right, Chidge. It, it, he, it, there isn't a single goal I think he he scored that we haven't gone. God, that was a good goal. Yeah. And and the, the the consequence is is you have great love for him um, because he scores great goals. And he scores it's against great. Spurs. Uh, yeah, indeed, indeed. But, but I find it weird, isn't it? Somebody has great expertise with a shot and scores it. The affection you have for him as a player just seems to go. Uh, he, he becomes huge. That's why we love goal scorers. I, I think. I think what we're really saying, J.K., is uh, you know, stop breaking my own rule. Actually, get stop slouching in my chair and speaking to the mic. You know, be, be professional about it. I always think a what, always a good thing to do, isn't it? Well, you know, what we're really saying here is that he is a cult, a cult hero. He's a cult player at Chelsea. I think not a legend. He's a cult yeah. player. Like Belletti was for much the same reasons. He didn't yeah. score well. Belletti didn't score many goals, but when he did, they were absolute worldies, and they were always against Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Can he I, scored that, was it against Middlesbrough as well? He scored an absolute. He rocket. did. Yeah, he, he did. He right. did. Yeah, definitely. Just briefly, I'll, I'll shut up. I love the way that everybody embraced Alonso as well. There was a great deal of love for him as well, and it makes you worry whether whether they really didn't like the way that Frank had treated him. Because he got really hugged for that goal, and I love the way he held the badge out. You know, he was saying, "I'm still part of this setup here." Well, and, uh, that's a good segue, J.K. I wasn't going to ask this, but seeing as you got there, and I mean, this is the beauty of actually having somebody like Sam on the show. I, I you know, talking about Tuchel's formations, which we will do in part two. I'm kind of liking Chidge's formations here. You know, get us on and the journalists because they know stuff that we don't. You know. And and the the, the question Sam's looking worried. <laughs> Don't be mate. No pressure or anything. You know. Want to go that far? Um, no. But the point is this: is that you see, my my instincts tell me that um, you know the manager is well within his rights to have a hump and impose some discipline and shut players out if if he if he doesn't think that they they're good enough. What why? I mean, I've had to fire people when I've run companies. You know, it, it's kind of part of what happens. And it kind of... I mean, I know what Jonathan's saying. And, and, and in some respects, there's a lot to applaud that. And I, I get that. But I, I'm still left with this taste that the players, not just at Chelsea, but modern-day footballers, there's something inherently psychologically wrong with them. You know, why can't they take instruction? You know, why? what, what is it about, you know? God, that is, that is quite putting me on the spot. But, I mean, why, why do they t- throw the toys out of the pram, get rid of managers, and then suddenly they play brilliantly again? Because, I mean, we, I, I'm sorry to butt in, Sam, but it might give it a uh, bit more context, if you like, because I did throw a bit of a curveball at you there. But, you know, I, I think most of us knew, because we've seen it so many times before, that the minute, you know, Frank had disappeared and a new man, they'd all start playing well again. Why does this always happen? What is wrong with them? The the, the, the fabled new manager bounce, mm. I think. Is it? Yeah. I mean... I've... 
I suspect a lot of it is on the training ground. You, you are, and I, I know it's always cliche when it comes out when managers are sacked. It's always our oh, training was boring. It was getting monotonous, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But isn't that true of most jobs? Isn't it, most jobs are quite repetitive? They don't. I mean, admittedly, mine's pretty varied on a day to day basis. But I still cover Chelsea for a living every day, so that's all. It always stays the same. Um, I think if you get, it, it seems like some of those players can get set in their own ways, and if something change, if someone comes in and disrupts it, they don't like it. They don't like a change in routine or something like that. Um, but then other players react differently, like Marcus Alonso has obviously since since Tuchel has arrived. Um, it's a difficult question to answer. I'm sorry if I'm not really giving much of a much of a cogent response to it because I mean I'm I, trying to get in the mind of a footballer is is, is quite something, and uh, I'm not sure if I, I used to play football, but I wasn't very good. So well, like, uh, likewise, <laughs> mate, mate, you use the word cogent, so you're forgiven of everything. <laughs> right. But no, it is. I don't think it's one we can answer because unless we're we are them, then we can't really be inside their heads. But I just. I mean, this whole kind of talking to agents, talking to people, you know, higher up in the club. I mean, actually, I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll be a tease now, J.K. I'll, I'll learn from the best. But we've got an email uh, to read out on Wednesday's show in the In Off the Post, written by our great friend James Copper, who is just one of life's lovely people, and he he makes the analogy between footballers and managers to um, dysfunctional families, where you know, dad might. Um, you know, might be divorced. He's bringing up the kids on his own and, and he keeps getting new girlfriends. And every time there's a new girlfriend, the kids play up and then they basically, you know, they don't take instruction from her and then they get her out because they know dad's going to replace her with another girlfriend. So I wonder if there's something like that going on. Anyway, uh, enough of that. I think we should be just happy in the fact that, that Marcus Alonso is a great wing-back who scores great goals for Chelsea. There'll be more about Marcus later when we do the Spurs preview, obviously. Uh, I want to spend the rest of this part really, um, you know, talking about Mason Mount, not for the first time and certainly not for the last time on the Chelsea fancast. Um, I think we were all a bit disappointed that he that he didn't get a start. We were all kind of reading stuff into that last Wednesday. Um, fair play to Tuchel for, for starting him. Also, fair play, I thought, for uh, quite an interesting lineup playing, you know, basically Werner and uh, Mount in the two. But Mount was, because I, I was suggesting that he might play in one of the double six roles, but it looks like Tuchel's got him earmarked for that. But the reality is, how could you, I mean, you know, people people wonder why Frank uh, always started him and think, thought it was because there was some kind of weird uh, kind of parental thing going on. I mean, he is just brilliant. He's brilliant. He, you know, the energy he puts in. He is the he is the, the tempo of the side. He's the heartbeat of the side. He makes it happen, Mark, doesn't he? I mean, what more can we say about this young man? Oh, we can say we can say plenty. Yeah, at some point in the season, we'll probably have to have a show just dedicated to Mason Mount. I think the best thing I could say about Mason about the weekend, he had to step up. You know, a lot of things got written about him. You know. Most of it was bollocks, uh, but you know, suggestion that you know, as Frank was gone, he was no longer in favour, and all that son of Lampard nonsense as well. But he clearly, as we always say, you know, is what happens on the train again in that short period of time demonstrated too short the important role he plays. I know I said on Friday I thought he would play higher up, higher up the pitch when they're trying to predict the team, but he had such a fine game. I think. I know we'll talk about Callum Hudson-Odoi. If Callum Hudson-Odoi hadn't played that blinder, you know, Mason Mount wasn't far behind him in terms well, of... Could, on, 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 that, on that point, Mark, mm. I was flabbergasted. Flab... I mean, horrified, shocked, that the official Chelsea FC Twitter, um, you know, whatever you call it, did a, a man-of-the-match poll 
And mm-hmm. Mount, Mount wasn't even on it. Really? Yeah, really. I nearly wrote something really rude, but having, having just had a meeting with them on Tuesday, talking, funnily enough, about their Twitter <laughs> feeds, I, I thought yeah. I'd better not. But uh, yeah, but, seriously. Madness. But basically, the two players on the pitch that made the difference between Sunday and Wednesday were Callum Hudson-Odoi and Mason Mount. You know, and I don't know if you sort of picked up, you know, there's four players this year that have sort of created 50 or more passes, you know, sort of chances, not passes. We did passes to death the other night. Yeah, you could probably guess those four players if you look at the Premier League. Who's the four players with 50 or more chances? Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne. Well done, Sam. Um, Bruno Fernandes. Yep. He's good, isn't he? Mason Mount. Yep. Another midfield player. Oh, um, uh, Aston Villa. What's his name? Grealish. 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 Yeah, they're the top four midfield players in the country at the moment in terms of creating chances. Yeah, he, he's up there with the very best of them. He is just having a fine season. So I think, you know, the other encouraging thing about yesterday is how complimentary sort of BT Sport and the BBC were you know, about the role he plays. Yeah. And Tuchel was, Tuchel was as well. He, he was. And I don't know if you saw the, the little nutmeg he did as well. I can't remember which Bernie player did it on just a cheeky little nutmeg as well. You know, you do those when you're really confident, you know, when you're, when you're in your real A game. So, you know, I, I just thought, as you said, he's the heartbeat of the team. He makes Chelsea tick. He makes all the difference. You know, you know as I said, we can make, make a show about Mason now, but, you know, you know, he has to be in the side for the rest of the season. You cannot not play him unless you're choosing to rest him or... Tuchel, you know, Tuchel or whatever. I'm, I'm going to get this right before the end of the show. <laughs> Tuchel. Yeah. Tuchel. Yeah. Tuchel. Yeah. Uh, unless he goes big on sort of rotation, which we have heard he is prone to do. But hopefully he's got the message of how important Mason Mount is to Chelsea Football Club. Can I just say, don't you think that's why he's not let Billy Gilmore go and, um, uh, and Andrew in? Because yeah. he's a big rotator and he's very keen on doing that. I think also when we, the, in the FA Cup game, he'll do exactly that as well. So... Um, well, it's a good question, actually. And well, you had on being a genius there, JK, and swinging something that I, I hadn't really, you know, put in, but which is the Gilmore thing. We can ask Sam about that now, because I was going to say to Sam, I mean, do you think, do you think Tuchel has got the message about Mount? And you know, I I, I asked this um, of Adam on Friday, you know, because I am a bit concerned. I mean, one of the things that did for Frank, I think, was the fact that. The club went really top heavy, and they okay. I mean, you know, they they took advantage of the transfer market. They brought in Havertz, they brought in Werner, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I, I I kind of wonder Frank's perennial problem was how to how to pick a side out of too many attacking resources, and I and I kind of worry that it will be Mount or Havertz rather than Mount and Havertz. I mean, which which way do you think it might go? Well, there's only one way it can go, and I think that's Mount. Instead of habits, I think at the moment, um, it's, I, I, I'll just be repeating what you, what you what you're all saying. But I think Mason Mount being in the side just makes a complete difference to to, to that lineup from what we saw against Wolves. Um, he gets the ball, he turns, he turns, he turns, he turns and faces the opposition. He plays passes in behind. He makes runs. He brings others into the game as well. Um, it's a no-brainer that he has to start. From now on, I think Tuchel probably realised his mistake as soon as the game kicked off at, and on, on Wednesday night against Wolves. He probably should have played Mason Mount because even that last 10 minutes that he was on the pitch, he was probably Chelsea's best player then as well. Um, I, I fear for Havertz because wow. he's 
Well, he's not really, we know the reasons why he's not really got to grips with the Premier League at the moment. Obviously, he had the um, COVID, which really hit him hard. Um, but I just can't, I'm not sure how Tuchel can squeeze all of his attacking midfielders that he's got into 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 his side. You, then you've got you've got Christian Pulisic still as well, and Hakim Ziyech, and um, as well as Havertz. And then you can potentially play Timo Werner off the left as well, which is where Havertz has been seen before as well. So he's got some decisions on his hands um, as to as to as to who he's who he plays, and he clearly doesn't know his strongest team yet. Um, I think the 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 team he selects against Spurs will be a big indicator and a big clue as to who he sees going forward. Okay, well, we're going to get on to the Spurs game when Mount and Havertz and uh, Alonso will all get another mention, I think. Uh, before we go to break, it's always uh, uh, always the right time to give the old CFC UK a plug. Um, it, it went out, I think it's out about a couple of... Here we go, Mark's got his copy. It got kind of recalled and a new front cover was put on with Frank Lampard. Uh, holding up the European Cup, which is very appropriate, really. Uh, my article is fo- has focused on mental health. Um, I went a bit serious for me, but uh, we are living in serious times. So I've, I've dedicated my article to the issues of mental health and how to get help. It's a very important issue. Uh, none of us are immune from it. I've got plenty of friends who are really struggling at the moment. As you know, I, I, it's what I do in my day job. Um, so if you've got your copy of CFC UK, give it a read. Um, and make sure you keep talking to people, people. Um, anyway, uh, we obviously can't get it at the store because the store's not open because there is no games uh, for us to... Well, we're not allowed to go to the games. Don't worry, you can get it digitally by going to uh, cfcuk.net. Uh, you can get a, a hard copy by emailing cfcuk at gate17.co.uk or just, just tweet at only a pound on Twitter He'll tell you how to get it, uh, you know, a hard copy. But it's about a couple of quid, which is including first-class delivery. Uh, you can also get it on a on an app called Match Day Digital. So there you go. Loads of ways to get it. I commend it to you. Now, uh, after the break, we are going to be talking about uh, hudson Adoy, Jorginho, Werner and Pulisic, and uh, Tuchel's use of the 3-4-2-1. We will be back soon. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. This is Stamford Chidge and the Chelsea Fancast with me old muckers, me old Chinas, Jonathan Kidd, Mr. Mark Meehan. Good evening, everybody. Looking well tonight, Mark, I have to say. Oh, thank you. It's amazing what Chelsea victory do- yeah. does. You put a spring, spring in your step. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. About bloody time. And uh, last but by no means least, the absolutely wonderful Sam Incasol, who uh, is the Chelsea correspondent uh, of Football.London. Evening, evening, evening. Yeah, another quiet, another quiet deadline day at, at, at Chelsea. You're not that wearing a yellow day. tie, Sam. I'm a bit disappointed. <laughs> oh God, I don't think I'd go that far. No. I don't think I'd go that far. It's, it's become a bit of a cliche now, hasn't it? Let's be honest. I think this is perhaps the most uninteresting transfer window I can remember. Actually, you know, there's soon, nothing as happening soon as, as soon as Frank Lampard was sacked and the Declan Rice rumour start uh, finished. That was it. Absolutely. I mean, Billy Gilmore's staying, right? 
believe so yeah and i think that's a good move because yeah. um i did a, I had a chat on it earlier on, my, on the website and while it's all well and good maybe moving away on loan to go and great get some experience at senior football um i think he's probably above that now i think he's i think we've already seen in admittedly limited game time that he's had at, at chelsea that he can compete at, at premier league level mm. so would a loan to a championship side potentially have been beneficial for him or should he stay at cobham and fight for a first team place which i think he can still get so yeah for me it's a good move. yeah definitely um the other thing I was going to say, it's a good good opportunity, and I don't really do this enough. I mean, first of all, I need to say thank you for getting my uh, article on uh, my column on Frank Lampard up on Sunday morning. Uh, sadly, I had a lion and didn't get up early enough to give it a proper plug before the match. <laughs> but uh, thank you for getting it up. Much appreciated, much appreciated as always. Um, and the other thing is, it's a good kind of opportunity for you to plug what Football.London are doing, really, in terms of Chelsea, because you, you and Adam have really kind of gone for it, I think. That's how yeah, I would well, say yeah, Adam and I are, are, are very new. Adam was on was he on Friday? Friday, yeah, yeah, it was on Friday. Um, so yeah, we took over from Molly Harbord, which I'm, I'm sure your listeners who will be well aware of. He's moved out to Singapore to um, start a new career out there. Um, I've taken over from him. Um, I've been with the website for about four years now, um, and yeah, Adam's come on board. And we're just we're still we're still really getting to. Well, Adam's uh, Adam knows it a bit. Is more of a fan. Uh, he's a he's, he's what he is. He is a Chelsea fan. I'm still kind of getting to know the club and trying to get in getting all the inner workings and um, knowing how learning how things work at, at, at the club. Um, getting there slowly but surely. Um, trying to get my name out there. Hence, coming on the podcast. Um, but yeah, we're so it's it's very fan orientated. So we we kind of want to write about what the fans are talking about rather than um, just kind of spurious things that aren't really relevant to what Chelsea fans don't really care about. Um, so we do. So that's why we have comprehensive match coverage because obviously that's what, that's what dominates the, the football landscape. And obviously that at the moment transfers and everything as well. But yeah, um, hopefully the quality hasn't dropped since, uh, since Oliver left, but yeah, so it's uh, it's an interesting challenge for me at the moment, but yeah, I think we, I think uh, we're going all right so far. I would say so, Sam. Um, it's a really hard job you guys do, actually. I mean, I, I, I'm a better place to know that than most, but I, I know, I know how much work you boys have to do, and, and it's great to see a couple of a couple of people come in. We loved Ollie, obviously, to pieces. You know, he was. Uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, I have to say, you know, I don't know what we did to make him go so far away to Singapore. You know, he, he looked all right the last time we saw him, but no. In, in all seriousness, we love Dolly, and it's just a real, real, uh, our pleasure and privilege to have you and Adam planning to come on as regularly as you do. Because, as I said, you offer something to the show that we can't. Because you, you are, you are. We, we may be closer to the supporters and what they're thinking than you are, but you're closer to the club and where they're coming from. I think that's a really, a really good fit. He knows what he's talking about. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, thank you, Does mate. Does that mean we don't know what we're talking about, Jonathan? You don't know what you're doing. We don't know what we're doing. No, we don't. Uh, and to prove it, we're now going to talk more football. Um, next on the agenda is the absolutely wonderful Callum Hudson-Odoi. This is a player that I, I, I am just desperate, desperate to see succeed. Um, I, I was very lucky that I interviewed Colin Pates, uh, I think it was last year, it might have even been the year before. I mean, we just don't know anymore, do we? But I interviewed Patesy, and Colin was the coach at. Is it? Well, what's the what's the um, school in Croydon, Mark? Remind me, I've got a brain fart. Whitgift. Whitgift. Thank you. Patesy was the was the football coach at Whitgift, and he coached uh, Callum when he was a young kid. And what he said about uh, about Hudson Odoi was absolutely fascinating as, as a young player. It, it's on the Chelsea special interview I did with Colin Pates, if you want to go and check it out, on Podbean. 
Um, and I desperately want to see him see him succeed. And it was just tragic that he got that. I mean, we 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 were all there when he got that injury, and there was nobody near him at all when he went down. Bayern Munich have been all over him like a dirty suit, which we don't want, or cheap suit if you prefer. So to see him really, you know, I think, and I think this is my point. I, I, he looks to me like he is beginning to get back to the player we had glimpses of under Sarri. Um, and we said for a long time that, you know, his injury wasn't just going to impair him physically. It was going to impair him mentally. And I said this at the time, when you go down like that, and, you know, if, you, if, 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 if you're running down the wing and some hairy-ass left-back, you know, two foots you and breaks your leg you kind of think well if that you know if that left foot hadn't done that I'd have been all right so you kind of you can write that off mentally that there's nothing you could do it was, it was not your fault he just clattered you when you go down and do your Achilles when there's nobody within 10 yards of you you don't know if it's going to happen again so you're mentally carrying that that issue with you and I think it's been really tough for him to get over so to see him Beginning to play like he did, as I said, when he broke into the side under Sarri, is just is just wonderful. Lovely stat on on Callum. He's been directly involved in five goals in his last eight starts for Chelsea in all competitions, scoring three himself and providing two assists. And Jonathan, as as we were saying, you know, in part one, and and Sam was actually, I think, but in particular, he he was the main threat all game. He was skinning Peters for fun down the right and. And and as as uh, Mark so humorously said about Brady, Brady couldn't get close to him either. I mean, w- this is what we want to see. This is, this takes me back, t- takes you back to Charlie Cook. I expect takes me back well, to, to we, Wee Pat. He's a they're very different players. Oh yeah, but you know the winger, the, the excitement you get seeing a player like that. Yes, the it's the um, in fact that you could say that both Pat and uh, Charlie Cook were both more uh, hazard like in the fact that they could wander up to a player. Um, not at great speed. Okay, I'll settle for Phil Driver then. Bamboozle them. Actually, funnily enough, there is more of a... Of canners. A uh, yeah. Canners. Yeah, and canners as well, yeah. Yeah, it's more the speed. It's speediness and getting past and the skill and getting a good shot and a cross in, which... Uh, um, uh, but it's a very different game now, you know. I mean, I, but I think, you know, Hazard was just a complete one-off. And um, um, uh, uh, it's that terrible thing, the... the, the, the I dreamt about Hazard last night. The the least one, uh, um, not the, in a not in a Brian Connolly, way, not in a Brian no. Connolly sort of way. You'll have to explain to Mick. No, no, no. It's an, it's a <laughs> fan casting no. joke. You tough luck. You're not yeah. getting that one. Not yeah. on air anyway. I could write to people who wanted it. Yeah. Not even tweet if you, it. If you email in, Jonathan will return yeah. your email with an explanation. Yeah. Explain what it's all about. Yeah. Um, but no, I, 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 because it, 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 the game is so much speedier than it was in, uh, as I say, other than somebody like Hazard who's just come. Uh, uh, just completely phenomenal, and the, the further away we are from from him playing for us, the more you appreciate what a wonderful player he was. I think I keep going on about this: how you've got to be in the moment with some of these great players and just appreciate that they're not going to be with you for longer. They'll either be sold or retire or something, or they get injured. But some of them are just absolutely remarkable. But I, I think Adoy is getting towards, as I said earlier, the, the what we what we felt he was capable of, and what was what um, uh, in the same way that Loftus Cheek was was assessed as being. Um, one of the great youth players who was sure to make it. And he similarly suffered um, uh, the, the same horrendous injury. And uh, and he hasn't recovered as well as, as Adoy is clearly recovering because they're very different players, obviously. And I think he had a back problem as well, didn't he, Loftus, which was difficult for him to deal with um, uh, uh, as well as the, uh, the, the Achilles. But um, 
No, I, I, it, it seems to suit the system seems to suit him and give him more confidence. Um, and I, I felt that we were talking about that first goal, the, the skill with which he went inside. We mentioned it earlier and then just played that little ball for for Dave to the right there to thwack him was completely brilliant. It was um, it was once again joyous and uh, and the fluency of it was um, was so good. Um, but it is, as I say, it's a real shame that we're having to let our defenders score those goals when uh, it should be the uh, it should be the forwards. I want to see that from the from the forwards well, rifling it in. You know, before we before we get to that, Mark, um, and thank you, Jake. That was that was that was lovely. Lovely to hear that. Actually, I think there's a there's a real. Re I mean, it's, as I said a, a minute ago, I think there's something that resonates with all supporters. Wingers. I don't know what it is about wingers, yeah. but yeah, yeah. But Mark, they set goals up as well, you yeah. know. And I think they've got a, if they've got a rapport with the fullback and they've got a rapport with somebody up front as well, you've got three players working absolutely beautifully you know, together. I, I wonder also. I mean, it's because it, it's exciting when you see somebody run with a ball at their feet towards the goal. It, it, that's what gets you out of your seat. But I think there's another thing with wingers. You're closest to the wingers than you are anybody else, yes, if you see true. what I mean. I mean, obviously, you're not if you sit where I sit. You're not close to anybody, but you know what I mean. They're, they're close to the touchline, so there's something and about emotionally that. emotionally, even. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Mark, what I was going to say, there's a really interesting question that, I, that again, was kicking around on uh, on Twitter, and I suspect Sam might have something to say about this as well. But I wonder if there's a case uh, for because we know that that Callum likes to play on the left. In fact, many would say he's better on the left because he likes to cut in and and, and shoot with his right foot. Um, we know that. I mean, people have been saying for donkeys that Reese James is arguably you know more suited to being a, a a right wing back than a right back. Although I I think he can do both. So there is possibly a case for saying you could put Reese on the right as a wing back and. Uh, Sorry, yeah, James on the right as a as a wing back, and and Callum Hudson Odoi on the left. Mark, no reason why not. Uh, it's a very good headache for the manager to have. Um, I thought it was interesting he brought Reese James on, obviously towards the end because you know Hudson Odoi was our best player. You didn't necessarily need to take him off, so I suspect he was trying Reese James out in in that same same position. He can play on the right, he can play on the left. Callum Hudson Odoi, and I think the thing I liked about it yesterday, and we have talked about him on the show quite a few times before. Is you know, and we, we chatted about Victor Moses and that Arsenal moment. You know, have have we got an Arsenal moment here with a new manager? We all right? know what happened then. And we we all know what happened then. Yeah, you know, I got very happened. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean after yeah. that? Right. Okay. Yeah, after, after that, after that, yeah, yeah, we know what happened on the concourse at half time when we were down. <laughs> but after that, yeah, don't um, remind me. <laughs> <laughs> I blame yeah, Flemo. Has he, very early, his second game, he's actually found the perfect role for Hudson Odoi. You know. Is he better as a wing back? It's only two games. It's too early to say, but could he be better as a wing back than actually a physical winger? Yeah, he, he's starting further back up the pitch in terms of. And you're right, people do like a player bombing down the pitch. When, when, when he's played out the wing, sometimes he's too far down. There isn't enough time where he was having a good run, as you say, not just against Peters but against Brady as well. Uh, and I think the thing I liked yesterday, he and I think match of the day picked up. He was so far wide. You know, he really hogged the touchline as well. And that's what you want to see with a winger, you know. And, yeah, I see a bit of Phil Driver in him as well, you know, for that one sort I think of... he's like better golden... than Phil Driver, isn't oh, he? He's better than Phil Driver. That golden period of Phil Driver, yeah, he hogged that wing. And that's what yeah. you want to see as a fan. It's up there with a centre-forward. You know, you want to see your centre-forward scoring, but you do love to see. And you look at Chelsea's history, 
players we've had that go down that wing and put the ball in and, you know, and other players put the ball in there or the wingers themselves. He was man of the match by far yesterday. As we said, everything came through him. On another day, he might have got a hat-trick himself. He had the one that hit the post. There was the one that you know, Pope got a hand to and then I think there was the one that deflected off the burner defender. Never mind the chances he created for his teammates. Yeah. For me, you can play him on the left, you can play him on the right, but he's got the potential now to get a good run in the side. Mm-hmm. You know, and having been critical of Callum Hudson-Odoi in the past, that you know, yeah, he's not quite hit the heights he hit in the youth team. You know, that probably was, if not his best game, that was close to his best game for Chelsea he's, so far. He's been so consistent the last few weeks, even before Tuchel arrived, which is really great to see. Um, Sam, you're our man on the spot transfer-wise and the, the what's going on in the weird brain that is Chelsea Football Club. Um do you think that uh, they can withstand any overtures that Bayern Munich make? Do you think that's gone away? Ooh, I think they can if um, if, if Hudson Odoi continues to play regularly, which by the sounds of it he will under Thomas Tuchel. And do you, you think it's more about Hudson Odoi than Bayern Munich? Then um, I think so. yeah, I think so because I think if 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 he's going to be playing regularly at Chelsea, when all those Bayern Munich links came around, it was like, wasn't it just long after his injury? Was it just after his injury? Around the same really, time, yeah. Wasn't really getting much game time under Maurizio Sarri, and then as we previously discussed, footballers sometimes if they're not if they're not quite getting their way, they might want to try and do something else and maybe go and have a have a new adventure. Um, but I think he's quite clearly settled at Chelsea. There's no there's no debate around that. Um, and if he gets to play regular minutes under a world class coach. That Chelsea have in, in Tuchel. That's no disrespect to Frank Lampard, by the way, but um, when you've got a coach like Tuchel that you're working with, um, I don't see any reason for him to want to leave. Um, he's, he's, got, he's got a good contract at Chelsea, as we, were, as we well know. Um, yeah, for me, there seems to be no, there's, there's no reason for him to potentially go to Bayern Munich. Um, I mean, well, obviously, there is the lure of maybe winning the title every year, but then again, Chelsea compete for titles most years. So, yeah, yeah for me, I don't think if it would necessarily be a forward step. It might maybe slightly forward, but not. It's not like he's going up another level in my in my personal. Opinion. Well, I I think you're right. I think it's it's not about the money. He's getting well paid at Chelsea. Um, it's not really about about the glory. I think it's about the game time and the reality. And I think I think I remember when there were talks going on. It, there were lots of talks about he wanted a certain shirt number and he wanted guaranteed playing time. So I think really. You know, keep playing well for Chelsea, Callum, and you'll get everything you want, mate, and then some. Now we're gonna. I'm gonna move this on. Um, I am not Jorginho's biggest fan. There are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who know this to be true, but I'm a fair-minded person. I have to say, and um, I don't think he was quite as awful as he normally is. No, no okay, I'll, I can be more mag- more magnanimous than that. He was all right. I mean, Mark said it earlier on. I mean, he. He did pass forward a lot more. He, I think he, you know, created five chances, which is, you know, kind of what you want him to do. He kind of had an assist with, with Aspie's goal. Um, you know, he was certainly getting up there. I mean, I will say something, which to just to drag this back a bit, because I seriously, I seriously don't think he's the answer. I think he's the answer against uh, a Burnley side, Jonathan, who didn't manage to register one shot on target. And really, their only out was to just hoof the ball up to the end of the pitch, bypassing somebody like Jorginho anyway. I mean, you know, against a, against a team like Burnley with no ambition, I think Jorginho will look great. But what worries me most is when we play a team that have ambition, 
that will look to dominate the midfield and look to run through us and look to attack us. Well, Burnley started off quite um, quite well, didn't they? They actually pressurised us uh, uh, for, for about 10 minutes. And then it became obvious that they weren't going to uh, make any impression. I mean, it all fell away. But in that period, he, he, he wasn't as bad as he normally is. In fact, can I just quote you, Chidge? I think you tweeted the other day that this man must never play for Chelsea. I don't ever. think I ever tweeted that. You tweeted that. I, I would never do that. You tweet, not me, Gov, not me. I never ever say anything controversial on Twitter, ever. I think that's the only time I've known you be that controversial. I think you said that. No, I didn't. It was a weak moment. Prove it. Prove in it. In moment. I, I need evidence. Gonna, I'm not going to scour through your tweets. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. Okay, but, didn't um, you say but, he should never take a penalty again? But that's pretty obvious, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going to happen there? Who's going to take the penalties, by the way, now? If um, if uh, Werner can't do it anymore and... Uh, and uh, Georgina, would it be Georgina again? Who, who no, would be... I mean, look, if, if I mean, it didn't happen, but if we get a penalty against Spurs, yeah, Marcus Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> it, all, it must be, it must be. And no, it I'd give it to be. Werner. I mean, the guy needs a goal. I, I mean, just because he missed the last one, he's a striker, mate. You've got to give it to Werner if we get a penalty. But, okay, okay. If he misses it against Spurs, he'll, he'll never play for Chelsea again, mine. But, you know... Yes. I think the pressure's slightly more, isn't it? No I mean. pressure. <laughs> but no, I, I, you, my, my fear is is that somehow, um, Jorginho's been played. Uh, fear is the wrong word. I, I, I wonder whether in a setup that, uh, Tuchel can create where he do, he isn't as vulnerable, where you actually see the excellence of his of his passing ability because he he does play very good very good balls over the top and to and to feet. And for people coming into positions where they're they're going to set a chance up, and that's his huge strength. And I think that's what he does for Italy, isn't it? It's what it's why he gets picked all the time. So um, for them, uh, and and in certain environments, he's obviously a class act. The the fact that he kept being found out when people run at him, and he always fouls them rather because he can't, or he doesn't, he lets them go and they score in the cup final. But the fact that he's um, he he's not uh, he's not the swiftest of defenders. Um, uh, makes you makes you think. Actually, what's he being chosen for? Because he can't shoot either. It seems to me that we we have, for considering they're supposed to be such fantastic players, we've got some of the worst shots in the league. Um, I mean, Kovacic, who had a very good game, I felt playing in the the double six. Um, yeah, uh, he did, didn't he? Really, really excellent, excellent. And and you thought, well, that's I think that's the best he's played this season. In fact, you think, why is he being liberated? What is the system that has allowed him to be liberated? And I think I think also that Jorginho isn't put under as much pressure playing um, in that in the in the five at the back there because um, he's being protected by everybody coming back that more quickly. I, I I don't quite get it tactically. I can't quite see how that works. But we didn't see him be vulnerable at all. And they were. I mean, I know they weren't coming through the midfield. They tended, as, as Tuchel said, or he said, all they did was just kick the ball up the pitch. But um, he didn't actually say it like that. He was a bit more um, critical of them, I think. Um, and in a, I mean, critical in, a, in a, an observational way. But um, so I, 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 I wonder whether that he sees him as a playmaker who will keep on playing this season uh, um, and, and, and just for his passing, just for his, um, his, his pinpoint passing. Um, in a way that uh, if he plays it forward, perhaps we're seeing a side of him that we've never seen uh, under Frank and we never saw under Sarri. So uh, 
you know, let, let's let's see once again. This is the period where we're not oh, sure. We're I'm, not even sure whether he's going to play the three at the back. Well, we're I'm, not sure we can do that. Well, we indeed, and we know that he likes to change. Mark, you you had a point you wanted to make. Yeah, I've got to say, yeah, let, let's see, as J.K. said. I, I just sort of like just brought up, because I saw some kind of stat today about Jorginho in 15 games where he start, we've always won, and I can't find those 15 yeah. games. So, but I brought up his games he started, you know, um, and picking up on your point about flat-track bullage, the games he's started where we've lost have been against Leicester, Manchester City, Arsenal, Liverpool and Wolves in the last year. Games he started that we've won have been against the likes of Burnley several times, Rennes, Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, Barnsley, Brighton, Seville. So he did play in the Seville away game to his credit. Leeds, he played in the home game. Krasnodar, we had to get a Krasnodar in. And West Ham United and Morecambe. So he t- mm. when he plays against the smaller teams, he's in a winning side. When he plays against the bigger teams, when he starts the game, we end up on the losing side. Yeah. That's so interesting. In that. I mean, fundamentally, my, my issue at the moment, and again, this is something that Sam might have a, a an interesting viewpoint on, you know, we and I, and I, we will get into this this interesting idea that that you know if, if if Tuchel plays this a certain way in in the systems that he sets up, then we actually do have an embarrassment of riches. But effectively, we've got in the double six positions as it's panning out, we have Kovacic and Jorginho and Kante, and I would argue Billy Gilmore. Now. For the, uh, the, the somebody said something really interesting about centre backs and, and wondering what's happened to Zuma. Um, you know, Zuma is a is a is a centre back, uh, possibly better in a four than a than a three or as the middle centre back. He's not a a left or a right centre back in a three. You could say the same about Christensen. So you can see them going down the pecking order if he plays three four two one a lot. Um. I think Kovacic can do a job there, as he as he's proving a lot. And I, what I like about Kovacic is he is he, you know, he's got a good tackle and he runs. You know, he, he will run at people. What I can't see is what on earth Jorginho does for Chelsea, Sam, that Billy Gilmore couldn't do. Well, it's just it, I'm pretty sure it's just experience at the end of the day, especially for Tuchel at the moment, because he mentioned experience, didn't he? One of the first things that he mentioned in the, uh, ahead of the Wolves game was that he wanted to have his experienced players in. Maybe Billy Gilmore doesn't quite have that in the Premier League yet. It was no surprise that Jorginho has been picked. He wanted him at PSG as well. He's chased him a couple of times at PSG to try and bring him over there. Um, obviously, it didn't work out. Um, the difference for me with Jorginho against... Um, against oh god i've got burnley so i forgot who played at the weekend um was he was just a little bit more he seems to have a bit easy when mateo kovacic plays a bit more freer like he did on sunday that also frees up Jorginho, if that makes sense yeah because he doesn't um, have to go was, forward as much i right? think i think i think both of them were too rigid and too structured under frank lampard that they kind of were both getting on each other's uh, uh, standing on each other's toes and were kind of playing in the same position and it wasn't really it just wasn't really very effective but with Kovacic now playing more freely having a bit more of a free reign in the, in the midfield to go and run even make make forward run sideways runs whatever he wants to do that seems to have settled down Jorginho so he can get back to what he does best which I think is 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 kind of being that quarterback that metronome as frustrating as it may well be 
and as not well, not, not if not if that's what aesthetically it, pleasing well, but i think it's effective and that's how he yeah that's how he i mean if if that's his right mate i mean you know i remember over 10 years ago doing this bloody show and we started it in 2008 and then the de- then the debate was always oh M- mikel's rubbish what does mikel do doesn't do anything just passes it sideways never never goes over the halfway line what a load of bloody waste of space but mikel was doing what he was told to do and he did it better than most people i've ever seen do it you know that's what his job was that's what his role was and if if that's Jorginho's role fair play i don't have a problem with that what I have a problem with is the fact that he can't run and he can't tackle. And, and, and we've seen so many times good sides target him. They put, they put men on him in the midfield so they stop the supply or stop his route out and then they pressure him into making a mistake, which is too easy to do. Even though, as I said, I think it can work against sides where we're going to have more possession and they've got no ambition. And I, and I like the fact that he's, he has got football intelligence. I think the way he slips back into defence... Is is really smart, and that's what you want from somebody in that position. But I still don't think he's the the long term answer. Now, talking of long term, I mean, it was disappointing, wasn't it, Mark, to see uh, Werner again have a have another horror show. I I love him to pieces because he's clearly trying his bollocks off. I mean, I think I think if anything, you know, epitomised it, it was that air shot he did in the first half. I think wasn't it the first half? Yeah, first half. Which was just, you know, that's what happens when you're in rubbish form. Um, I mean, I th- I think, you know, I think Werner, as as Tuchel, very, I thought was brilliant afterwards, saying, he said, look, his confidence is on the floor, and when you're when you're somebody like Timo Werner, it doesn't matter how nice I am to him or how many you know how many cuddles I give him, he's he's got to find a way out of it, and I think there's a truth to that. But I think it's confidence for Werner. Pulisic, I'm finding it harder to understand because he he also looks the shadow of the player he was for us last season. And again, I'm wondering a bit like um, a bit like hudson Adoy. I wonder if there's a, a mental issue there. He's worried about his hammies all the time. And if you're thinking about that, that will take five percent, the 5% off your game that you need. Mark? Yep. I, Sorry, I, it was a very I, long I, question, wasn't it? Don't, don't worry. I, I, I agree on the first point in ter- terms of Werner. Yeah, you, you do want him to succeed. Uh, and again... If the ground was full of Chelsea fans, I think he would have probably sort of hit um, a better vein of form by now. They'd be sort of wishing the goal in for him. I think he just needs a lucky break. You know, either one off his arse. Yeah, I'm not sure about the penalty, if, but if we get one on, on Thursday night. I, th- I think, yeah, he'll, he'll come good. Yeah, he, he's just in a rut at the moment. He's only been playing under a new manager for two games. I think he'll work behind the scenes with him. Uh, I agree on the Pulisic one. It's a bit of a frustrating one. And I know, you know, Tuchel said that, you know, Pulisic coming off the bench, I know what he can do because I had him at Bruce Dortmund. But since his injury, he does look a different player. You know, he looks like he's made a glass at the moment. And it might very well mean he might just need a rest, you know, just a break. This is where you, you know, show an old fart I am. You, know, you missed a football combination. You know, you know, if you had to, had the football combination, had a reserve thing side, you know, th- these are the sort of, you know, Breeding the players back gently, put them in reserve for a while, get a bit of confidence up, get a bit of goals. Um, and we, we don't have reserve teams. We haven't had them for many years. You've either got the academy, the under-23s, or you've got the first team. There's nothing in between. And there's nothing better than sort of like some, some match practice. But for some players at the moment, their match practice on the first team just isn't working for them. And Werner's one and, and Pulisic is the other. Yeah, I, I don't agree more with Werner than Pulisic. Moment. Pulisic needs a rest. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I actually, I disagree. I think he needs more games. 
I think he needs. Can I, ju- can I jump in? Yeah, there? yeah, sure, sure. I actually thought that when Pulisic came on on Sunday at half time, Chelsea were infinitely better. Yeah, I'd agree with uh, that. I think it, it's, I wouldn't say. It, look, Pulisic wasn't um, wasn't as, as anywhere near the levels as he had been, say last season. It's kind but of my I think, point, I think, Sam, really. I think he made a bit more of a difference than 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 what Tammy Abraham was that, that was offering at the time. I didn't think Abraham knew. Uh, Abraham looked at, didn't know what his role was. Mm. Didn't quite know where to be in that in the playing in the two with um, uh, um, who was he up there? Well, I think T- Tammy Abraham was the one. Werner and Mount were the two. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he, but he still he, he still seemed to be bypassed. And he, and and we did we find out Sam whether that was an injury or whether it was a tactic tactical decision to take. I think it, I think it was a ta- it was a tactical Actually, decision. It was a tactical decision. It, it felt yeah. like it to me just because. And I know Pulisic did give a hell of a lot more energy, but I think that the Pulisic of last year would have scored at least two goals. Mm. Um, he, he seems to be just—he seems to be just arriving just a little bit too late, or he's getting getting onto the ball and then hitting the goalkeeper. Whereas the the um, once again the Pulisic of last year, the, the informed, the excellent, the brilliant Pulisic we've seen before would be rifling into the roof. You know, he's uh, he's such a. A terrific player. I think. I think the problem I have with with Werner at the moment is the game seems to pass him by. It, it, it's a weird kind of of. Uh, he seems to do things that are so so incompetent that you just think, what is going through your head? I, I'm, I'm. I know. I, the, 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 the 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 worst problem we've got is we've seen him be so good. You know, I think if he just arrived and he he really did that, we'd go, hey, what's this? But we know that he scored thirty four goals last year. Yeah, for uh, for Leipzig, we know that he was um, he was absolutely excellent, and we've seen it. We've seen him do it. In, I mean, there was a fantastic when he came on as a substitute in the Krasnodar game. He ran from the halfway line and beat about four players, and then got to the byline and centered it. And you thought, wow, he's such a good player, this guy. And and yet suddenly we we've, we've been presented with this this chap who air shots who he did that dreadful thing of kicking his own leg instead of the ball. Oh my God! I remember Torres doing that. I and used Torres, to do that a lot. Torres go, yeah. I'm not surprised, Chid. It's not really something that you know we should be using as an example here. But thank you. Um, it, when when Torres did it, he um, got completely got the bird from large sections of the crowd. And I just fear that this. How long is this going to go on for? Um, well, I, I think I think Tuchel will be will be. Well, um, can I just it, throw? Can it, I... He won't. I don't think you'll pick him, Chid. Well, I was going to. Well, he might yeah. not. But I will tell you what, I'm going to throw this in the mix because that that yeah. that chat I had with the Borussia Dortmund guy last, yeah. at the weekend, he thinks that we've got a better chance of getting Haaland than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. And I know we've seen the rumours. I mean, again, Sam might have, have some words to say on that in a minute. But you know, the rumours are around. You know, they they need for for me. I think well, he'll he'll make a decision, won't he, Tuchel? He'll, he'll say, look, these players aren't good enough for that. You need somebody as a fulcrum there. You need somebody as a uh, well, whether it is it's not Giroud because he's not quick enough for this for his setup. Unless he finds a way of playing with Giroud, we don't know yet. He, you know, Giroud mustn't be. I know he's thirty four, but he mustn't be, uh, be 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 out of the, um, the the firing line in this. He's uh, he's a class centre forward, Giroud. We just need to find a. Uh, a, a way of playing with him or not as the case may be if Ducal thinks that he wants to play more quickly up there perhaps it will be Werner or mm. if Werner isn't good enough um, perhaps indeed Haaland might be the man because he's he's a similar player isn't he Haaland as far as I, I, I having watched him all last season no having watched a couple of games with him he's um, uh, it's the speed it's speedy 
speedy uh, and then immense accuracy from wherever, which I have to say, I thought that was what Werner provided when he first started. But we're, you know, we're suddenly into this weird world of uh, um, uh, just you watch him and, and um, I just feel so sorry for him. Yeah. Oh. So okay, but knowing our graveyard of strikers would probably buy Haaland and he'd misfire as well yeah. with our history and yeah. our, our yeah. bad luck. I mean, Sam, how realistic is Haaland, do you think? Uh, unless Chelsea get in the top four, it's an absolute no-go. It's yeah. as simple as that. Well, I if, think that, that's a given. But that's an absolute given. If we get um, to top four? Well, I don't see why not. It depends if Chelsea want to flex their financial muscle or not. Um, yeah. if, if, if it really doesn't happen for Werner, then there, there's, obvi- there's an obvious way swap. out there. That, so that there's a swap plus cash there. Mm. What's interesting from what when Tuchel's two, two obviously been asked about Werner quite a bit in the, his first week or so in charge. And he constantly mentions his speed. His pure, pure speed is what, is what he said on numerous occasions about Holland, uh, about uh, Werner, sorry. So clearly that's how he sees it working for Timo Werner. A lot of the time on Sunday, especially, he was receiving the ball with his back to goal, which is not what he's, which is not his game at all. Um, he needs the passes in behind. He needs a th- he needs a real true number ten, I think, which is well, where Mason Mount comes in. I think will and will develop even more going forward you, this season. You say that, Sam. One thing I, I, I you know my my memories of games are terrible. Terrible, even <clears throat> even now that I'm watching them at home and I'm sober, but I still have a retention of a goldfish. But I'll tell you something. I remember one thing, and uh, Havertz did a run. And he almost threaded a ball between the yeah, lines right, to Vern. Right, right at the end. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, hello, that's what Havertz does. And that's what Werner needs. That's it. You, you, you couldn't be. I, I said, I think I'm not sure if I put it on Twitter or not during the game, but I thought that exact same thing. And Havertz just under hit the pass ever so slightly. But it was the first first real time that Werner had been able to get in between the, um, the left sided centre half and, uh, sorry, the right sided centre half and the right back. It's the first real time that he'd been able to pick up and go on a run. And then Havertz to spot him, and it's Havertz just just ever so slightly missed the pass. But if he got it right, he was in on goal. But that's an interesting thing because if you play a three-four-two-one, that goes <clears throat> goes back to what I was saying about I would I would quite like to see Havertz and Mount almost playing as two number tens with Werner in front of them, playing those kind of balls in all day long, and also with their own ability to get in the box and score, which is what they're both capable of doing. I I think if if and I said it's a big if because we know he likes to change things, but if he plays three-four-two-one. Why not play Havertz Mount behind Werner? I think that could be very fruitful. Anyway, um, that kind of brings us very nicely onto the last thing I want to talk about about the Burnley game, which is which is exactly that. You know, he's done it. I mean, it's interesting because we we were we were, didn't have a clue what was going to really happen uh, against Burnley. We saw it played three four two one against Wolves. Was he going to do the same against Burnley? We just don't know. But. Um, he did. He did play it again, um, albeit with Alonso on the left. I think my first thoughts on on it really are it's it's given us a solidity that we just clearly didn't have. I mean, you know, obviously when you play three three central defenders, you tend to look a bit tighter at the back anyway and you you know that that can shift to a five very quickly. He's got the two double sixes there that give us protection too. Just looked a lot more solid and and there was some really good banter Tony getting the wrong end of the stick on Mixler there. We're not saying get rid of Werner. We 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 are we are having a grip anyway. Nice oh, to see you, Tony. I know Tony. Tony's Tony's been at the Tony's been at the Shandies, I think. Anyway, um, and I hope you're all right, mate. It's lovely to see you in here as always. Um, I, it might have even been Tony that said this actually in one of the WhatsApp groups. But he says, "I think Tuchel 
has chosen a system to fit the players we have rather than trying to fit them into one that the manager wants, uh, which, of course, is the 4-3-3, which Frank kind of stuck very rigidly to. Until the... fair to Frank, it worked for a period. Well, it, it, I'm, not, I'm not having a dig at Frank, and nor was the person that wrote this. I think what I'm saying is what's really interesting to see is that, that very, very quickly... Tuchel has come in and he's seen what he's got. And he's, I mean, that's the art of management, of being a good coach, is to have a look at the resources that you have and put them out in a way that gets the best out of everybody, not trying to put square pegs into round holes. I mean, you know, I think picking, picking Alonso as the left wing back is, is a classic case of that because we all, we all know that he's one of the best and possibly, certainly in the league, playing that role. We know that we've got good central defenders who can play on a three. We know, we didn't know about hudson Doy being a good wing-back, but that's just quite clever management to figure that out. So I just like the fact that he's done exactly that. He's he's had a look at the squad and he said, OK, I'm going to choose a system that fits the best, you know, fits the players best, just like Antonio Conte did, as, as Mark was saying, after the Arsenal game, or even at half-time when we got stuffed 3-0 at the Emirates. You know, that's what good managers do. Um, the other thing I, 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 I also like is that you know we've got we've got lots of options there there's cover there you know we've got plenty of cover for the wing backs as we were discussing earlier on we've got lots of inside forward positions you know i know that he's a bit of a bugger's muddle and he's going to have to figure out perhaps game by game who he wants there but Werner can play in that too mount can play in that too pulisic can play in that too ziech can play in that too havertz can play in that too lot of options around you know so i think it's really really interesting um the only thing, again, it's like the same caveat I had with Jorginho. You know, this is all very well and good seeing, seeing us play like this against Wolves and Burnley, who had no ambition whatsoever. What's going to happen when we play against decent teams who come at us? I think that's, that's when we'll really see what Tuchel is about, JK. But I think that's, that's, he must be waiting for that. He must be looking to see what the game against Spurs is going to be like and looking forward to it. Don't you think? I think that's, that's, that's what you do as a manager, particularly as high class a manager well, as he is. Who knows if he'll even stick to three, four, indeed, uh, two, indeed. one against a against a United, a Liverpool, or or, or a Spurs even. Indeed, he might he might come up with a, a completely different selection. Yeah. I Sa- think he's made a, he's made a point of saying, "I'm so pleased I've got all these excellent players," which was, uh, um, and obviously pleased the board immensely because he didn't have to buy anybody, and he can make it work. I think he's known for playing players in strange positions as well, seeing their their. Um, abilities and trying to make them work as didn't he take a right back and make him play in, in, in central midfield? I can't remember the guy's name. This was at, at, um, uh, at Borussia. Um, so he's, he's a great thinker and, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to the next few weeks as to see what he comes up with. Mm. And I don't think he'll sit, sit with the same team at all. I think he'll, he'll look at the side and he'll adjust. He, he's one for looking at the opposition and trying to prevent them playing, as well as looking for opportunity, not doing the clough thing of just putting a team out and letting letting the opposition um, deal with the them. The ball is round, the grass is green. It's exactly. Get young out. man. Young man, get out there and young play. Man. Now, so, talking of young men, Sam was nodding sagely. Not like a young man at all, actually. You were nodding very sagely. And what was more worrying, Sam, you were nodding sagely at what I was saying. So I can't resist but go to you because of that. I've, you'll, have to, you'll have to remind me exactly which. Well, I was, I've, I was really. I've, I've been. I've nodded a fair few things for your, what you said tonight. To be fair, I oh, know. There you go. No, I was really talking about the fact he's got a lot of options, and I think the the interesting yeah. options are, are are up front. And I mean, we were talking about that earlier on, 
and, and I was saying earlier on that it was a, it was a negative for Frank in a sense, but I, I wonder if it might be a positive for for a Tuchel. Well, if I just interrupt quickly and just say one point, one point. Um, uh, I heard that uh, a comment about Zayech that they thought he only had thirty minutes in him at the moment. Did, did that, you hear that? Yeah, yeah that, that was one, that was on the uh, that was on Tuchel's notes on the website. I think it was it was more to do with the fact that he's just come back from injury and he'd been yeah. and, he, and he played. Um, Quite a few, he played a fair few games and a lot of ninety, uh, well, not ninety minutes, but a fair few minutes uh, in the five weeks since his injury. And Tuchel was concerned, and his staff were concerned that if he played more than half an hour, then he'd pick up another injury because of his workload. Right, right, right. Not that he can't play more than half an hour. No, no, I'm, no, no. I was worried that he was yeah. he was injured and that they they didn't think he could last more than half an hour. No, because he then said afterwards in his press conference, he then said that he'll be at full tilt, ready to go against. Oh, no, 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 no. So, um, Sam, sorry, the options. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think with Lampard, he really didn't really know which was what was his best, um, what was his best front front three, front two, whichever whichever it was. You, with with Tuchel, you get the suspicion that he, not that he necessarily knows what it is at the moment, but he, I think he knows he he obviously knows what exactly what tactics he wants. And how he's going to set his team up each day, each game for each opposition. You imagine he's probably done analysis on most of the Premier League teams already. If not, whilst he was out of work, he was probably watching them very closely as well. So, um, yeah, he he has an embarrassment of riches almost up front. It's um, it's whenever you speak to a manager, they'd always rather have too many players than not enough. I suspect he'll find a way around it. Uh, well, well, I know he'll find a way around it from what I've uh, from how, what I've experienced with him so far. Um, I honestly don't know what the uh, the best front two pairing is or the best front three pairing is. Uh, I suspect that he wants to go. I, I don't think he'll be going more target manny. So Tammy Abraham, Olivier Giroud are well, very good players. I'm not sure if they'll fit Tuchel's system from what we've seen so far. Uh, I suspect Timo Werner will get more chances over the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, Pace, pure speed, as he constantly mentions, playing in zones, getting the ball wide to Hudson Odoi in his pace, and then getting to the byline, putting balls across the box along the deck, and then seeing if anyone can, mm. can get on the end of it. I suspect that will be his mantra for the, for the coming weeks. Interesting. Thanks, Sam. Uh, Mark, final word to you on all of this. Well, I'd say about two, cool. it's been two games. It's been a good start. Um, the system he's adopted so far is working well. I'm looking at the fixtures. We've got seven games in February. So I think, you know, let's get to the end of February. You know, we've got, I think, Atletico Madrid and Man United at the end of the month. We've got Tottenham on Thursday. If we get to the other side of those seven games and we're in a much improved position in the league table, the system is continuing to work. Werner is scoring goals. There's a lot to be optimistic for for the remaining part of the season. That's what I like to hear. Um... Well done, lads. That was great fun. Um, just a quick couple of usual plugs, and then we've got uh, our little preview of uh, the game that Mark was mentioning against Spurs on Thursday in part three. But uh, uh, the Chelsea Supporters Trust, of course, um, you know, getting the voice of the supporters heard, especially at a time when there's a, a vast cavernous disconnect between the club and the supporters. And more to the point, we're not even able to be in the stadium to make that voice heard. Things like the Supporters Trust... Um, is even more important and uh, not just for Chelsea for football as general there's a you know we belong to the football supporters association and I can tell you that there's a big story coming out this week uh, following on from the big story that came out last week which is the story that's been coming out every week that nobody's taking any notice of at all which is these venal clubs trying to 
set up a European Super League and steal football from us. So keep your eye skin for that. But the Supporters Trust are very much at the heart and centre of uh, pushing back against things like that. And if you want to, if you want to join up, if you want to vote in our elections, if you want to come to the meetings, then it's five pounds a year to become a voting member. Uh, you can just join up free as a non-voting member, but why would you? You know, five quid for a vote and a drink in a pub when we can get back there. What more do you want? Anyway, go to ChelseaSupportersTrust.com. Uh, all the details on how to join up are there. And, of course, uh, follow them on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. And uh, just to tip Sam a wink, I might finally do my my piece on, on the European Super League this week. It's just It's a, such a big subject. I can't... I, it scares me every time I... I've done all these notes, you know. I mean, you know how it works. Don't, and I look at... Oh, no, no, I just don't have time this week. But I'll try and do it because I think it's going to be hot this week. Uh... Right, the uh, Chelsea pitch owners, like the Trust, very, very important organisation. Chelsea are the only club uh, in football that uh, have an organisation like the CPO that actually owns the pitch, which means it can't be sold from underneath our feet. So it protects football being played at Stamford Bridge in perpetuity. Um, so there you go. So join a lot of us. Go and get a share. Very easy to do. Um, and uh, I think they're kind of priced from 31 quid for an electronic share all the way up to about 210 quid for a, for a framed signed share, which you can get presented to you on the pitch. And there are price points in between that. So it's not very expensive. Uh, and as I said, if you if you have a share, then, you know, you, you can protect protect uh, the, you know, Stamford Bridge from being sold and it will remain our spiritual home forever. So there you go. I urge you to do so. Now, after the break, we're going to be talking about Chelsea playing up at White Hart Lane on Thursday. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Football Fancast. Right, welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge uh, on the Chelsea Fancast with Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello, lovely to be here. Lovely to see you, old Bean, and uh, Mr. Mark Meehan. Good evening, everybody. And echo on Chidge's last point, the importance of buying a CPO share is more important now than ever. Yeah, definitely right, Mark. I mean, I, I bet you bought one uh, when they came out in 94. Four was it two, three, four around that time? I've got uh, one for each of my daughters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was put off by the bait. I mean, this is going to sound mental, but I've got a lot of mates like this. You never bought one then because they didn't trust baits. Well, the interesting <laughs> thing is uh, th- th- they're true. out there somewhere. There was also five we bought as the Chelsea Independent when um, we had to pulp one of the issues of the Chelsea Independent, and, and, and that was our penance when we got hauled into Ken's office and got a school lecture, that we had to buy five CPO shares. How so they're out that? there somewhere. So they're, they're probably red to They might still be in the name of the Chelsea Independent for all I know. How about that? That's brilliant. I, I might well get their new chairman on for, to do a special podcast with him soon because uh, it's no longer Charles Rose, who's an old mate of ours, who also writes for CFC UK as well. And actually. also, you're lucky tonight is you've actually got Steve Franklin from the Chelsea pitch owners listening in tonight. He's Have we? Yes. Well, I... I, I've, I well, obviously, I know I know who Steve is because he's been so thoroughly involved with the CPO for years and years and years. But I, I, I do remember actually meeting Steve uh, in after a match in the in the Atlas. Uh, sadly, I, I had had a few by then. 
but I suspect so oh, is dear. Steve, to be fair. <laughs> but uh, he's a he, no, he's a thoroughly decent chap, and he does a fine job at the CPO, as they all do. Actually, they 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 you know they need to get a lot of love. The CPO, they do a great job. And it, I and bought it, an original. I bought one. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Well, you were you were best mates with Bates, weren't you? In the end, you were yeah. one of you were one of Bates' mates. I went, no, I remember I was. I was um, Susanna's actor friend. That's right. I know. I know. I know. Anyway, we should move on. Sam's looking at us like, what on earth are they talking about? It's a different era, Sam. Not for the first time, I have to say. We're so old, Sam. This is the trouble. All right. We got Spurs on Thursday. What a humongously huge match, um, which, uh, of course, has added interest because it's, it's Tuchel's first match against Spurs. And, of course, the first instruction to any new Chelsea Chelsea manager is, we don't care what you do, but you have to beat Spurs. They all know this. Scolari knew this. Go on, Mark. You've got something on. I've got a lovely story. You're, Go on, then. timing is absolutely <laughs> impeccable. Go on, absolutely you do that because I can open another Guinness while you're telling it. We've not compared notes. i actually written this down, and that's the thing I said. Like, you know, Tuchel knows the importance of the Tottenham game. And I was, I was chatting to a friend of mine called Robert Barrett today precisely about this. Um, and it goes back to when Ranieri was there and... Uh, Ranieri had just taken over from Viali and the club um, flew up to Teesside. We lost 1-0 um, to Middlesbrough. Dale Gordon scored the winning goal for Middlesbrough. Uh, and Bob flew up and he was on the plane with the players coming back. So the plane lands at Heathrow and you get in the, the, the little sort of bus that takes you to the arrivals lounge. And he's standing next to uh, Claudio Ranieri, whose English wasn't very good at that stage. He used to have a guy called Alex Leith from the Chelsea magazine that did his um, translation on the training ground. So Bob's basically sort of saying to him, and Marcel Desailly is translating for him. And he basically says, like, you know, we might have lost a middle spur a day. I don't care what you do, but you do not lose to Tottenham. And what happened next when we played Tottenham that season? Go on. We won 3-0 at the lane. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, I, I would settle. I would settle for that. I've just. I'm sorry. I'm a bit distracted because I've opened a opened a can of Guinness and it's frozen, and I didn't realise it was frozen, and it exploded. <laughs> so I'm in a bit of trouble here. I'm in a bit of trouble here, people. But I'm a pro, and yeah, that is a chef. He noticed. He knows that sounded messy, Chidge. You have no idea. Um, what? Steve Franken has just messaged me. The chairman of CPO would love to come on the podcast. I know. Well, I've been talking to Jeanette about it, and I need to pull my finger out of my rear end and sort it, sort it out. Steve is also welcome anytime he, he likes, by the way. That's that's absolutely for CPO sure. CPO special. Yeah, why not? We've done him before. I remember we did a a huge special, um, you know, when the whole, uh, you know, carpet bagging was going on. Anyway, we digress. Let's go back to Spurs. I think the first thing we really need to kind of nail down is... Um, is really the team selection and the system because we got no. I mean, you know, we just don't know. You know, we don't know if he'll stick with the three four two one. We we don't know if Kante will come in for Jorginho. We we don't know if Alonso will start. I mean, there's so many so many questions. I'm going to start. I'm going to start talking to Sam about this one first, and then bring the little point which Sam might be able to answer as well, which is just if Kante plays in the in the in the double six, does that change the whole setup? Because That's what he... I was going to ask. Oh God, sorry. Don't, don't. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure. Um, Jorginho is obviously 
he very sort of plays kind of almost side to side, doesn't he? And and although to be fair to his credit at the weekend, he kind of played a little bit more further forward. But Kante is obviously more far more energetic. Um, I think he wanted to play him. What he said from the when he interviewed about Kante, he said he'd always wanted to have him at his side because he appreciated how brilliant he was. But I got the impression he was keen for him to be more defensive, to be playing in his more defensive set. Yes, I, that, that's exactly the impression that I got as well. Yeah. Um, I think he wants him to go back to how he played at Leicester and yeah. how he played in that first season after he joined that's Chelsea. I think how he's playing for France. I think he plays for France yeah. that way as well. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I would suspect that you wouldn't see Jorginho and Kante in the same team. So if Kante does come back, Certainly, be interested to see who he who he, part, who he, who he plays alongside him. Um, yeah. But, but I, I'd, it would be very harsh to drop Kovacic on this for, on, his, on his last two games. I think he's played. I think he's been. Uh, it, he's looked a different player since uh, since Tuchel arrived. Yeah. Well, that that's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, Tuchel, as far as I remember, also said that you know Kante. You know, he said he's he sees him also as a forager as well. That he has that ability to do what he's actually really been doing at Chelsea for the majority of his time there, which you is not the- not to play that that deep that deep stay there Mikel type role, if you like. So, you know, I I mean, you know, Kante or and Kante and Kovacic would be a good good combination for me. But actually, you know, being reasonable about it, Kante and Jorginho might also work in that double six. Would he not play the a, a three then? Would he not play three defend three central um, three midfield players in that setup? Then it changes the system again. It makes it that's the four three three, and he might play. Uh, yeah, but Spurs play yeah. three five two, don't they? Yeah, yeah I, whatever he picks will be will be picked. So he'll be get swamped out. in midfield if we go with a four three three. Yeah, yeah, he would. Yes, well, it's likely he'll play the, the play the three at the back then with the two two wingers, the yeah. two. Uh, um, does that mean that Alonso plays again? Well, that's the next question, really. I mean, to be well, honest, he's, he's played two left backs in the first two games. Surely Emerson gets to start this. Next oh time, Christ, <laughs> no, no! Don't do that to us, Sam. That's, no, that's not no. even. No, no. Here's the thing: he's giving I mean, everyone a chance. Look, I, I did. I did a little kind of Chelsea preview for the last word on Spurs uh, boys. Uh, those of us who listen to the Chelsea fans will be delighted that um because it falls on a thursday and not not at the weekend that you're denied hearing the wonderful ricky Sachs, and i know you love him you, you all love him so much but um i said this to them i said you know you've got to start he's got to start alonso i mean a because he's brilliant as a left wing back if of course we play the 3421 that's the, the that's the you know obviously that 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 has to be the case but you've got to play alonso because he always scores against spurs in fact the last Premier League game that I went to Stamford Bridge for, I mean, the last game I was at was the Bayern Munich humping, which is a bit of a shame. But the last game I sat in my seat up in Gate 17 and saw a Premier League match was Chelsea beating Spurs 2-1. And I had, I mean, Sam won't know this, the others know where I sit, but the, the, my background tonight, that is my view from my seat. So I had the perfect view of Alonso's shot hitting the back of that net. You've got to play him against Spurs. He always hates Spurs. And the best thing about Alonso is they hate him. I mean, I know there won't be anybody there on Thursday, but they give him dog's abuse whenever Chelsea plays Spurs and Alonso's playing. So he's a dreadful song as well. They do. So you've got to start him in my book. Um, Apart from that, I think the same old question, Sam, is, you know, what, what, I mean, if, if, and let's, 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 presume we play three four two one if that's the case who are the two and the one the one i think uh sorry the two will be mount and a and other 
who I, I don't know who that would do be. Think, do you think ZH might start? Um, no, uh, I don't. Uh, I, I, I think, I know I said I feared for him earlier, but it, it sounds like it could be a, a good game for Kai Havertz to really make an impression and, and stamp his authority. and Not stamp his authority, maybe make his mark. It seems like a kind of game that would be good for Havertz to do that. Um, he's had he's looked he's looked all right off the bench um, in um, against Wolves and oh, sorry no he started against Wolves didn't he? Um, he's, he's looked a lot, a lot better than um, than he had been in games before that. So that wouldn't surprise his role, me. The role he was playing, yeah, he was further, yeah, he was playing, he was playing far more far further forward, I think. And there was that one run. He, it was I think it was against Wolves when he had that run. He showed a turn of pace which we hadn't really seen at all when when Lampard was in charge. He kind of ran from midfield and. Just uh, failed to get a shot off. Well, sorry, his shot was quite comfortably saved in the end. I think it could be a good game for Kai Havertz to to, to come in. I'm not sure. Tuchel was very non-committal about Ziyech. He was the way the way he was talking about. You no, know, yeah, we're not sure of him with his workload and etc. etc. I think they might be might hold him back maybe another game or at least he'll be. I think he might be back on the bench actually for for this weekend. I think I think Werner will start. Um, and I. Can't see him changing formation, changing tactics, or anything like that. I think he still will do the three, the three, four, two, one, whatever it is. Um, I can't see him changing because I think he's be he'll be he's been thrilled with what it's done so far. There won't be any reason for him to change it. And the Spurs played three at the back against Brighton as well. In on the, the when they was it yesterday they played there and they were poor. Um, just to get that one out there as well. So I, I can't, yeah, I can't see him tinkering with the team too much i think i think that back five will probably stay the same as well i can't see any any changes there do, do you know anything about why why is he choosing rudiger instead of zuma is there a particular reason because rudiger in this setup bizarrely doesn't look as as um, no, he's good disaster prone zuma can't play as a as a, as a right or left only in a three Reason, yeah, not good enough on the ball, JK. No, brilliant, right, brilliant. Right. As a, I mean, I think if, if Silver gets rested, I'd have Zuma in there like a shot, right? Yeah, yeah, that may be the case. But I mean, just to quote my note about um, about uh, Silver is he's, he's a bit like he's a bit like a, a, a kind of delicate uncle occasionally, <laughs> but uh, like uh, you, uh, yeah, very bit like me, yeah, yeah. He's a bit, he, he's a, yeah, he's a bit queeny. Yeah, he, he he seems to go for the ball and he'll he'll get the he'll do a slide tackle or something and then spends a little bit of a time getting up and creaking a little bit. You just see him and he's almost not using his, his and it's obviously that there isn't an attack going on, the ball's down the other end and he's done his bit. But he um he's a, he's a very classy player, Silver, and uh but I think needs to be um possibly um stuck in cotton wool from time to time. Yeah. I think. Interesting yeah. that he got the start against Wolves and Burnley and you know, yeah, I yeah, mean well, I suppose it, 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 it's it's organising his energy, isn't it? It's yeah. um, he he does a he has that ability to to just just ghost into position and not use a great deal of energy. You just think, well, no, he's he's actually uh, he's got there. He's a bit. It's that it's that ability that top players have got to actually just do something really simple to get you out of trouble. And he seems to absolutely be in the right place for headers as well. He's. Uh, He's a very impressive player. And he obviously huge experience, and obviously knows Tuchel immensely well, and is 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 a, is a great conduit for getting um, uh, instructions to the players. As a consequence, so I'm, I'm, it's um, it, it's perversely we've ended up with um, 
with uh, uh, Anna Frank got him and it was a coup, but it's even more of a coup now that we've yeah. got. Well, we we definitely back. we definitely need him against Spurs. It's going to be interesting to see oh, if, he, yeah. if his legs hold up with that. Mark, I've got a theory here. You're going to like this. You might not like it, but you know, in true, uh, what's his name? Oh God, I'm having a brain fart. It's trouble with age. Daniels. You might like it, not a lot, but you might like it. Uh, Giroud starts as the one. Uh, I'll tell you for why. Mount uh, and Havertz, or Mount and Werner in the two. Because again, you've got, you know, Giroud hates Spurs. He's an ex-Arsenal player. I, these things are important to me. These kind of weird, undefinable, no football logic whatsoever-ness. Like your style. <laughs> <laughs> but no. However. But no. Yeah. However, yes. however, I, I, I had gone for an A and other when I, I put the team out. But obviously, as I said earlier, I thought Werner would play. I'd went for three four two one. I didn't think he'd change it that dramatically. Alonso has to play. It's Tottenham. Um, so I think it'd be pretty much the same team, except Kante for Jorginho. And I'd agree with Sam. I think there's a role for Havertz. So Havertz and Mount. And I had the A and other up front, and I'm thinking, well, who would he start with? He's done Giroud and Tammy in the first two games, but made made changes. So I'd gone for Werner rather than, rather than A and other. And also, we've got a lot of games coming up. We've got Sheffield United on Sunday, and we've got Barnsley next Thursday as well. So I think he'll keep the team pretty much with one or two changes, but change it again at the weekend and change it again for the Cup, where he'll make more changes then. Okay. At least you're being very specific, Mark. Yeah. As opposed to Chidge on Friday, who came up with sixteen players, if you remember. No, I was no. You that is absolutely slanderous, you son of a. I I. If you'd have read the script, you see, this is the thing. You you. I know you don't ever read all this bloody hard work I put into every week. You never read. I love it. it. I love because it. Because if you'd have screen, read it, if you'd it. have read it, you would have seen that my selections, the ones that were in bold. Were the ones yeah. that I had selected, the we ones should, that were not well, involved. The ball at once, though. Well, well uh, you know, I can't, I can't help it if you can't, can't deal with that. Anyway, right, deal with this. This is important. Um, you can ask me who I think is going to play. I thought we already had. No. Okay, sorry. Go on then. No, it's all right. I, I pass. No, it's okay. <laughs> we're waiting. I love it. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Every time, Mendy. <laughs> <laughs> Mendy. Yeah. Um, uh, who else? Who else? Um, now, can I just say, uh, I think the Reese James is a conundrum because I thought Reese came on and was excellent uh, instead of a doy. And um, uh, play a doy on the left, but then you've got to play Alonso. Yeah, but then, then yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens? What happens there? You got to play Alonso. But yeah, no, I think he he'll start with Dave again because uh, um, uh, I just think he, he it works so well. Dave's and, uh, much better as a as a centre back. As a centre back, absolutely, he'll be there. Um, and a doy. So I think it'll be the same, the same back. Uh, back. I don't know why I'm bothering. Really. It'd be much the same side. I don't know why I'm saying it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it'll be, it'll be Werner and I think Pulisic and um, uh, and uh, yeah, who else? Yeah, Havertz would be the other one. So Mount won't think. start then. Uh, yeah, you know Mount will, of course Mount will start. You, you just, you just said oh, I did not. Thing. I did not. I did not. I still had nine players. I haven't mentioned Conte. You're going to choose all of them like me, J.K. Yeah, 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 just in case. Yeah, 15. <laughs> yeah. All right, listen. Um, I, I happen to think, I happen to think that the top four is very, very achievable. This is a very, very weird season. Uh, not least, uh, Spurs losing to Brighton. Uh, Leicester, losing. Leicester, Leicester losing to Leeds. I mean, you know, nobody, apart from Man City, 
is really grabbing the bull by the horns at the moment. And I think this is going to continue. I definitely think there's, there's something kind of weird and COVID-related to do with all of this. But right now, we sit in seventh position. Um, we've played a game more than Tottenham, who who have played 20 games, and they're in six. We're on the same number of points as Tottenham. If we beat Tottenham on Thursday, we will go, well, into six. Obviously, there are lots of games beforehand, and we, we may be you know, lower by the time we get round there because there are games all week. But the reality is, is that we are only, what, six points off uh, fourth place at the moment. That's two wins, you know. And the way that it's going at the moment, nobody's grabbing the ball by the horns, as I said. And I think I think that we are more than capable. Now we've got solid at the back again. Uh, I think that we're capable of going on a, on a run. I mean, obviously, the proof will be in the pudding, but I'm 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 feeling really really positive about us getting in the top four, Mark. Yep, uh, but the glorious Chelsea unpredictability would probably beat Tottenham on Thursday night and then go and blow it at Sheffield United on Sunday. But you're right. If you, if you look at the fixture run we've got coming up, if we string up you know some results together before we know it, you know we could be back in the top four again, and that's not just February fixtures going into March as well. You know, there's potential to put a run, you know, not 17 unbeaten run, but there's a run of eight or nine games that we could easily string together quite capably and be back in the top four before we hit Easter. That's my internal optimistic approach. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the reality... It'll be a doddle, change. Well, doddle. yeah, we, the last time you said that, we, we then didn't win a game for about two months. So yeah, don't okay. ever say that again. Can I say that? No, we're used Do to... Do you know what he said, Sam? He said, he said, I can't see Chelsea losing another game this season. Big call. That's yeah, all I'll say. Big call. Cool. You're, you're a very kind man, Sam. Anyway, uh, t- turning back towards Spurs again, I mean, I think we're playing them... I mean, this is the thing. Either we're playing them at a very, very good time or we're playing them at a very, very bad time. I mean, they lost to Liverpool. Uh, they got humped by Liverpool, let's be honest. Although they're a little bit unlucky, to be fair. Um, they were absolutely shocking against uh, Brighton last night. There's there's no doubt about that. Um They've got no Kane. Kane's injured and out, which is always a bonus, really. Um, and, of course, you can never discount the Mourinho factor. Mourinho likes nothing more than, than giving Chelsea a bloody nose. Thankfully, he's not really had the opportunity to do it on too many occasions recently. I mean, Frank did the double over Mourinho and Spurs last season. Um, so I think the question is, Sam, you know, are we, are, are we going to face a bounce back or a continuation of Spurs' slump? Uh, well, Spurs have won. Was it three of their last eleven? They're in a they're they're in a they're in a real slump at the moment, and that's the kind of form that gets managers sacked. Really, ask Frank Lampard. Um, so, uh, from what I saw of um, of of Spurs' game uh, yesterday, they just kind of looked a bit devoid of creativity, a bit devoid of ideas. Without Harry Kane, they don't seem to have a focal point. Uh, Reguilon didn't play at left back here; that he was injured and. Um, uh, I think did Mourinho play Musa Sissoko? I think as a wing back as well. Doesn't mean I'm not sure if he's got the full trust of the players that like Matt Doherty got him from Wolves. He didn't he didn't play him. Obviously the Deli Ali situation as well. Um, it something doesn't seem right at the moment at, at, at Spurs. It wasn't that long ago when we were talking about them as being title challengers, and then they've kind of fallen off the wagon in a right old way. Um, so I it's they're there for the taking for me um, on on Thursday, and I think. Tuchel probably knows that, and I think he's gonna. Uh, we know that. Uh, we, we, I'm certain he'll have studied them fastidiously, and we'll and we'll set them up to try and. Be, no, he's not going to go there and try and take a point. He's going to go there to try and beat them. And, and I think for him personally, to make a statement about his Chelsea reign, going there, beating Spurs, getting one over the big rivals, I think he's going to drive them on and 
yeah, I expect some sort of response from Spurs. Don't get me wrong, because they can't play as bad as they did against uh, as they did against Brighton. But um, I, if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be going into the game quite confident. Mm. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but it is Spurs. I think Kane missing is a, is an enormous big, big plus because he he's so excellent with Son. I mean, they're just. And he's a cheating bastard, and the referees are completely incompetent. You know, he got injured by doing that trick. He doing always that, does. Doing that, oh, that he's he's in out. thing. I'm, I'm so poetic new. justice. But the referees miss that. It's the most elementary thing from a refereeing point of view. The first thing I was ever taught when I when I passed my referees exams was if the player looks looks at the other player and then moves forwards and has got a tentative look at the ball and not at all, it's going to be a foul because he's backing into him or he's pushing him. Fact, he gets away with it all the time. Oh, my well, fair God. play for Henderson for knowing exactly what he does and no, moving exactly. out of the way. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, yes, he, he got what he deserved, didn't he? Yeah, totally and did. He, but is he out for three weeks now? Because I thought there was a possibility of him being available because he, he seems to to uh, to repair well. Or is he definitely out? Do we know? Par- apparently, what they were saying on Discord, and actually, that this juncture, um, and by the way, I think it was Brian Justman said this earlier on on Mixler JK that. You need to uh, you need to tell the Brian Connolly story on Discord, and and earlier on they were saying to me, "Is J.K. on Discord?" And I said they didn't think you were, and I said, "Oh, but he is," and I proved it to them. Yes, so I your am. your presence is required on Discord. But you know what you can do? You can record a voice note on Discord, and you can tell because you know there's something about the telling of the story, and you tell it very well. So Thank why you. don't you record it and put it on Discord for them? Okay, but the trouble is then people will have it and they can then send it to Brian Connolly and I'll be sued. Well, it's a bit like Snapchat. You can delete it. No, it'll, it won't work. It won't work. Yeah, no. He can't tell it because he'll be sued. There you go. That's the end of the Brian Connolly story. You, you missed it because it was before we went to air. Sorry, people. Um, Mark, um, you know, Sam's confident and, and uh, you know, maybe it's probably because Sam's not a Chelsea fan like us. so He hasn't had to see the roller coaster of our of our emotions for the last God knows how many years. How are you feeling about it, mate? It's Tottenham. Simple as that. You know, a new manager, um, irrespective of obviously how Frank went and how supporters feel. And obviously with last Monday show, people are still raw about, you know, Frank's departure. If Tuchel wants to get his name quickly, you know, sung by Chelsea fans, you know, either sort of like spiritually, not physically at Stamford Bridge. What a great way to start with a win at White Hart Lane, you know, he can cement his reputation early doors by beating them on, on Thursday night. With Jose, I won't past anything on Jose and Harry Kane rocks up on Thursday night and plays. You just never know with him. Mm. Yeah. That's it a great rule that out. But uh, I'd like to think we'll go there on Thursday night. Um, we've had two games against them this season. I think we were the better side in both games. Got draws in both, lost on penalties. My only wish is we win on Thursday, but we don't get a penalty because we're bound to bloody miss it. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Okay, what are you going to go for then? Predict away. 2-1 Chelsea. What? 2-1 Chelsea. 2-1 Chelsea. JK? 4-0. 4-0 to Tottenham? That is such a look of contempt. (laughs) (laughs) 4-0 Chelsea, obviously. Duh. Okay, uh, I'm going to go 2-1 actually, or 2-0. I might might go 2-0. I'm liking our solidity. Uh, I mean, we've done very well. I mean, we drew, obviously, in that weird game earlier on the season when neither of them wanted to lose. And, of course, we needed the draw then. We needed not to concede goals. So I think there was mitigation for that. Brilliant 2-1 win last year when he when he, he decided to go 3-5-2. If you remember, Alonso played, scored a blinding goal. 
and uh, we, we we beat them tactically absolutely in that brilliant win against them up at White Hart Lane last season. And we beat them 2-0 even under Sarri. Uh, we also lost 3-1 to them under Sarri up there, but we won't talk about that. So I'm going 2-0. Mark's going 2-1. JK's going 4-0. God. Uh, Sam. Uh, I'm going to copy the host here. 2-0. 2-0. All right, there you go. Well, let's hope they do it. I mean, obviously, our joy will overflow if, in fact, Chelsea pull that off because there is nothing but nothing more fun than beating Tottenham. And, of course, we've all uh, been pr- uh, privileged to see us do it so many times in the past. Now... Uh, but remember, I got the uh, the, the um, Man City United game right. The, uh, Sheffield United the other day, 5-0. Got that one right. You know what? I thought I was going to get away without talking about that because I forgot to script it, as you keenly observed, JK. But... As you know, we have a Prem Predictions League, which is a, a lot of fun, apart from me this week. And I only got four points because that's just shocking. But uh, <clears throat> the week before, it has to be said that the man who hitherto has spent the entire season with minus points, which is almost impossible to do, i.e. Jonathan Kidd, had an absolute stonker. Such a stonker that actually Jonathan... Got more points. He 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 was our because you know I normally do who's the leader, who's the performer of the week. Yeah, Jonathan was our performer of the week. He got 167 points, including 80 points for predicting that City would wallop West Brom five nil. And uh, you also got another spot on. I think you got the Palace game, Palace Wolves. Yeah, yeah, 167 points. You you would have you would have you know in, in golfing terms you were the clubhouse leader that day, mate. Never know. I might get the odd, you know, score right. You never know. Four 0 I just think that you know, if he if we play with the same energy and uh, uh, and they're as bad as they have been, we might end up scoring four goals. Well, you never know. Well, I mean, you uh, you're you're no longer bottom of the table, mate. You're, you're now thirty thirtieth out of thirty two. No, good to know. Thank you. But Chev and Harry have only joined in the last couple of weeks. To be fair, <laughs> you know. Uh, That's cruel, cruel, Chid. I know, very cruel. I'm currently, um, well, out of us lot, I mean, Joe Mingola is still at the top. Bless his heart, he's brilliant. Uh, Josh Wadsworth is second. Chris Thomas is third. Ash Pinto fourth. Yarrick fifth. Claire sixth. Supreeth seventh. I could go on, but I won't. Uh, Out of our lot, our little mini league within the league, Martin still uh, the best Chelsea fan cast. He's He's in 11th place. Then dear old Marco, he's on 14th. And then there's a Chelsea Chelsea fan car sandwich, uh, headed by me. I'm in 19th place. Mark is in 20th. A mere 13 points behind me. And Dane Whittle, who goes up and down like a yo-yo. Dane has had more spot-ons than almost. He's had. He's had. Well, not actually. There's a lot more than he. He does very well in spot-ons, but I think he gets as many wrong as he gets right because he's up and down like a yo-yo. But it's Mark, uh, me at 19. Mark at 20th. Dane at 21st. Tony Glover, 26th, and UJK, 30th. But I have to say, well done. I'm so, I was, do you know, I, I, I enjoyed seeing you do so well. well more, more than I, yeah, I just thought it was lovely. It was, I, I almost wept. I was so delighted. Well, I actually spent about a minute on it rather than the five seconds I normally Did do. you? Okay. Yeah. That's usually a recipe for my downfall, spending too much time on it. But there we go. Anyway, enough of all of that. Uh, now, we're going to say goodbye in a minute. But before we do that, Mark has a very special and important announcement to make. He's taking much. over the Chelsea fan cast. That's, no, 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 no. I'm retiring. Tomorrow the fan cast. Yeah, today the fan cast. Tomorrow the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
listeners, if you're in and around social media around lunchtime tomorrow, there'll be a, a big announcement to look out for. If you see it, like it, retweet it, send it to your friends, plug it any way you can. Um, Chelsea Supporters Trust, with the full support of Chelsea Football Club, will be holding the second big Stamford Bridge sleepout on Saturday, I think the 27th of March, if I've got my date right. Um, or oh, was it the 23rd of March? The last Saturday in March when we're not playing. Uh, the event will raise vital funds for our next door neighbours at Stamford Bridge, the Oswald Stoll Foundation, who, if you don't know, provide homes and support for former veterans. Um, they, they support 500 vulnerable veterans and their dependents each year. And, you know, listeners, over 13 years of wars in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, many of today's veterans suffer from mental health issues, which Chidge is talking about in this month's CFCK issue. Um, and Stoll supports these people with their problems, you know, that often only emerge years later. And they can find themselves unemployed, they find themselves homeless, you know, and living on their own. They're often reluctant to seek support, seek help. When they're in the services, they're trained to be resilient and stand on their own two feet. Stoll is the only organisation of this scale providing homes and support for veterans in London. So they do an absolutely fantastic job and they're next to our spiritual home, Stamford Bridge. The event this year, though, is going to be different because of the government lockdown restrictions. You know, we plan for the big Stamford Bridge sleepout to be at Stamford Bridge. Will this year be a fully virtual sleepout? So what it means is anybody, anywhere, at any time, depending on your time zone, can take part. Um, to do to take part, you can sleep in a location of your choosing. You can sleep on your front room floor, your kitchen floor, your garden, your garage, the shed. Obviously, not that one this year. That's all there is to it. Any Chelsea fan can take part. You'd be most welcome for anyone who wants to get involved and do your bit to raise money for a brilliant organisation that is Stoll Veterans. All the money raised on the night will go to this wonderful homeless and support charity. And tomorrow, around lunchtime, the Chelsea Supporters Trust will be launching the big Stamford Bridge virtual sleep out. So if you're listening tonight, tell your friends, watch out for that online announcement, how to take part and the details about how to raise money. There'll be a Just Giving, Virgin Giving sort of link page. You know, there'll also be a frequently asked questions on the Chelsea Supporters Trust and the Stoll website explaining how it all works. Because don't ask me, I'm an idiot when it comes to technology. But last year we raised £27,000 and we'd like to go even better this year and raise at least £30,000. If you've got any questions, obviously look out for the website or contact the Chelsea Supporters Trust at events at chelseasupporterstrust.com. Clearly we we're talking offline to some former Chelsea players. We hope, like last year, we had Paul Cannaville. We hope get others get involved in the night, either taking part or sending a video wishing us luck. We really like as many people to get involved this year and raise as much money as possible for a brilliant charity. Thanks very much, Jidge, and thanks very much for everybody that supports you know, the sleep out in any way, whether taking part or raising money between now and the end of March. It'll be much appreciated. Yeah, well done, Mark. And I mean, I mean, what you may not know out there, Mark, Mark, Mark is basically fundamental to all of this. It was Mark's idea, and he and Cliff got together and. Cliff, being the chairman of the Supporters Trust, of course, got it together. So huge appreciation to you, Mark. And, of course, I do remember last time very, very well. I got to sleep with Paul Cannaville, which was an experience, I can tell you. Being woken up at four in the morning. Chidge! 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 Who was John Ollin's assistant at Chelsea? Four o'clock in the morning, honestly. I love him. Anyway, uh, Paul, um, you know, how is Paul at the moment, Mark? Do you know? 
I've messaged him, not heard. So I don't mm. know whether he's had um, his operation yet. I'll try and chase him up tomorrow and find no. out. Because clearly, I want to tell him about the launch as well. Because he's the last time I spoke to him, he's really keen to take part again. Well, he's not been well recently. So oh, no. big, big love to our mate Canners, uh, who we love hugely. Um, as we do, Mark, and I'm sure that the, the, the whole thing will be a great success. I shall be sleeping in our in our shed at the uh, about fifty yards that way. Uh, which uh, has a heater in it, I'm delighted to say, and lighting and electricity, uh, but a very, very cold and uncomfortable floor. So I need to think that one through a bit. Anyway, right, that, I'm afraid, is all we've got time for this week. Uh, JK and I will return uh, on Wednesday, as I was saying. Yes, got a special one-off edition of In Off The Post to read out the many, many brilliant emails we've had from you over the last week, which we haven't had time to read out tonight because there are just so many of them. Uh, there's been some absolutely brilliant emails, excellent emails on the aftermath of Frank's departure. So do look out for that. We'll do it live. Uh, we'll do it on Mixler so you lot can listen in as well. Uh, Friday, this Friday at 7pm, of course, live on Mixler. You can join me and JK and Dane and Liam Toomey uh, of The Athletic for the preview show. We'll be looking back at the Spurs match. Hopefully we'll be in celebratory mood. And we'll be looking ahead to the match against Sheffield United at the weekend. And I hope to get that young lad back on, J.K., who sang the Chip Butty song. Brilliant, Chidge. He was great. Wasn't he good? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So we'll try and get him back on because we liked him. Uh, now, of course, we'll be back next Monday for the main Chelsea fancast, reviewing the Sheffield United match and previewing the FA Cup match against Barnsley. We're a bit of a Yorkshire week uh, next uh, next week. And anyway, JK, myself, will be joined by Martin Wickham and Adam Newson for his debut on a Monday, Sam. So there you go. Two of you in, in the space of a week. Brilliant stuff. You're, treat, you're, you're treating us far too kindly. Well, it's lovely having you on. I mean, we've actually... And what I can tell you, I mean, Daryl's in here tonight. We've got a lovely email from, from Daryl. Uh, which we'll read out on Wednesday saying how much he's enjoying the Friday night preview shows. And he, and he said that the, the thing that was really great was the fact that uh, um, that we had you and we have Adam on regularly and we have Liam on regularly. And he, and he also loved the, the opposition fans we get on, which are just brilliant fun. So there you go. And this is my the best the best. I'm, I'm sure this is a is a typo from English Dan in Mixler. But he's just said on Mixler that chip butty thong was wonderful. I think he means song. A chip butty thong. That's the kind of thing only in, only wear in Yorkshire, I suppose. Might it be, might it be thing? And no. he's just put an O in it. I think I think he meant he's. Yeah, Dan's confirmed he meant song, not thong. Okay. A chip butty thong. Sight for sore eyes. Anyway, on that bizarre note. Oh yes, I should remind you that uh, tomorrow night uh, there'll be a new edition of Went to Mow Kings Meadow. Uh, Dean and Jane, our very own Dean, doing their own podcast on the Chelsea FC women's team. So that'll be out tomorrow. Uh, I've got a Chelsea Supporters Trust board meeting, so busy night for me. So there you go. Now, the Chelsea Fancast, as you should all know by now, is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as as other inferior podcast distributors, apart from one, which is very superior because it's all about Chelsea. uh, And that's the Chelsea FC, the CFC Blues app. And if you want to know how you can get that, they tell you right here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. 
Uh, a very quick shout out. We've had loads of new Patreon members. I have to say, I'm, I'm hugely humbled and, and delighted. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Really sweet of you. Uh, I'm trying to get through messaging you all to uh, get your address so I can send you a Kerry Dixon mini banner. Um, I'm waiting for the delivery of those banners from the States, and it might take quite a while, so you'll have to be patient with that. But I will get them out to you and hopefully get them signed by Kerry himself. That would be nice. Uh, But uh, you can also, of course, join our Discord group and uh, hold court with Jonathan King when he deigns to... You know, Jonathan King, that was a Freudian slip. Jonathan Kidd, when he deigns to... (laughs) When he deigns to appear in Discord. We don't know if he will. I've seen him in there once or twice, but there you go. Yes, Discord group. Get on it, people. And if you join us on uh, Patreon, I automatically will give you a link for that. So there you go. So thank you. Uh, No pressure. You can donate as little or as much as you want. There really is no pressure. I love you all the same whatever you choose to do but it does help me cover the costs of running all the shows that we do uh, and all of that so there you go it's patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast and as i said in off the post if you want your emails read out on the show which i know you like like to, to have done uh get them in by a sunday night and send them to uh chelsea fancast at gmail.com of course you can always tweet us or, or send us a message on patreon or instagram or facebook or whatever and i'll endeavor to include them, include them in that way too so there you go we are pretty much done apart from the usual twitter shout outs uh, chelsea fancast at chelsea fancast me at stanford chidge jonathan at jonathan kid uh mark at eddie mac b-a-w-a and of course sam at sam underscore incasol t-m uh, and don't forget to read all the wonderful stuff that Sam and Adam put out every week on football.london. They do a fine job and there's some really good cracking articles. And sometimes a shit one comes out on a weekend that I write, which they very patiently put up. But uh, no, they're, they're well worth checking out and having a look at what they do. It's a really, really good source of news for Chelsea. So there you go. Right. Uh, in uh, no particular order, Mark, great to see you as always. Great to see you, Chidge. You know, really enjoyable show tonight and really good to have Sam on the show as well. Mm, definitely, definitely agree with that. Uh, well, I echo that, Sam. What a wonderful debut. Uh, as I said, it really is a de- What do you think of doing the the longer show? It's a bit different than the Friday show. Oh, I'm getting a bit hungry, if I'm honest. It's, I've, yeah. I've, missed, I've missed my dinner time, so okay. I'll have to bear that in mind. Take a tip, yeah. <laughs> eat, eat before you do the show or drink yeah. during it. It's kind yeah, of one yeah. or the other. Well, I couldn't. Well, I couldn't drink tonight probably because I because I am totally working. working. I know. So, yeah, yeah I, there was there was no there was no beer for me tonight. No. Well, come on, come on with about half an hour to go and blow everybody away. You know, just like a like a super <laughs> like Pulisic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sam. It's been no, but yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, I mean, this is much as this is as much as an education for me as it is just to sit around and talk football for two hours because I'm so I've only been covering Chelsea for what a month now. So this is really good education for me to get to know the club better. So I really appreciate really appreciate you guys having me on. That's an absolute pleasure, mate. Look up Robert Fleck. (laughs) No, don't. (laughs) Dare I? Dare I? Yeah, yeah. Certain similarities the way Werner's playing at the moment. That's very harsh. Anyway, Sam, it's been brilliant having you on. We love having your insights. So it works both ways. So no, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much, mate. And uh, as for you, you reprobate, lovely to see you as always. Lovely to be on. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Lovely. Um, 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 Sam and Mark have excelled themselves. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, but you and me on Wednesday, we'll lower the tone, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell the Brian Connolly story. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. Right, on that controversial point, uh, thank you, everybody, particularly the people in Mixler, uh, for listening. I do love seeing you all in there. Sorry, I'm, I'm rubbish at multitasking and, and typing back and stuff, but it's great to see so many of you in there as always. So thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the chels! Up the chels! <laughs> 
Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merge Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen.